if they stick around longer, perhaps stuck in the 60s, sooner, perhaps reaching the 70s. For the Channel 8 Storm Alert team, I'm meteorologist Malcolm Byron. job the day before a Husker game. What a finish to this football game. Memorial Stadium upside down right now. Stroud back in the pocket, being rushed, gets hit as he throws down the field. It's going to be intercepted. Miles Farmer at the 15-20 up the sideline. Rocked out of bounds. Flag comes out. This is the Friday Husker tailgate with Jack Mitchell, Caleb Henry, and Mike Schaefer. Brought to you by Syracuse Area Health, Strasburger Orthopedics on 1499.3 KLIN. Welcome again. Welcome again to the Friday Husker Tailgate on KLI. And glad to have you with us on this Friday morning. 53 degrees football weather is here, but there's no football game. I mean, there's some football games, but there's no Nebraska football game in what I'm calling the most welcomed bye week in program history. Fans, team, coaches alike, and Got a lot to cover here on the show today on the Friday Husker Tailgate. We're going to get to all of it in just a moment. But first, quick show roster announcement today just to uh, alleviate any uh, any confusion that uh, some of you might have when you take a listen. Uh, you, If you're watching the video or if you're uh, listening, you'll hear that uh, Brennan Stye isn't here. And he's not going to be here for the rest of the season. The decision is for him to focus 100% on his full-time gig of fundraising for the University of Nebraska Athletic Department, which if you were uh, listening to all all of the announcement yesterday, in particular uh, the one about the new stadium renovations, uh, that's going to become even a more important job for the success of this program. Uh, so he's not going to be here. Uh, we are disappointed to see him go. He's been part of the show for four plus years, I believe, if my, my math is right on that. And um, and you guys know this, his insight, his stories, his passion for the program played a huge part in the show, being not only very successful, but something that all of us here at KLIN have been and continue to be very proud of. So going forward beyond that, show's going to stay the same. It's a good time. We're very fortunate this year to have snagged Mike Schaefer uh, as a radio-free agent, and he's going to continue with Caleb and myself to take you through the season uh, that is frankly going to be like no other that we've ever experienced around here and it's to say the it's least gonna be a uh going to be a long ride thanks for joining us on the friday husker tailgate and uh, yeah i don't remember guys a bye week where it came up up on the schedule for me personally and and yeah when uh, mike maybe you're a little different since it's your job and it probably changes your you know the trajectory of your weekend but from simply a, a fan perspective, from uh, the team's perspective, that bye week looked beautiful. <laughs> that looked beautiful. Like, I'm fired up. Like, can you tailgate a bye week? 
Oh, Can you abs- do that? Can yes. we have a countdown to non-kickoff? I don't see why not. <laughs> I mean, you you have a Blackstone now. I mean, you might as well just be firing that thing up, invite the neighborhood over. Bring, have, a, have a bi-week just, party. I don't know why we're not tailgating right now. Yeah, well, I mean, it's literally it's the show, the but yeah, yeah. I think the rain, I guess, a all, little bit. All around the state. Fired of, up inside. All around the state of Nebraska, families and friends are getting together. They're making the traditional foods, you know, the Velveeta cheese dip. Uh, right. The chicken chili wings, is sold out. the chili. I went to the grocery store last <laughs> night and I thought, you know what? It's cloudy. It's in the sixties. It's a little rainy. Chili weather is fine. I am a non chili guy during the spring and summer months. I'm not, I'm, I'm so basically you're a normal a, human. I'm a non, <laughs> right. I'm a non soup guy. Really, Again, generally, I have a a normal human. Th- there being. are some people who are twenty four, uh, twelve months a year soup people, and not normal. Human you can beings. do what you want, and so I thought, all right, it's chilly night at the uh, Jack Mitchell household, and I will tell you what, the chili ingredients they got hit hard at the grocery store over the last forty eight hours. Now, well, especially I, the one that I know that you go to, where it's the end of the earth every single stop. time you I walk in. I knew there. you were going to take a cheap <laughs> shot at my home grocery store, but this is a, this is one Yours, of our, I go there as well. This is one of Mike and I's historic fights. I have and, to like sit in the parking lot and psych myself up. Sometimes I throw you know a little you know lose yourself on there just so I have a little <laughs> attitude as I go in. You, you know, gotta be a veteran, I, but you know, for me, it doesn't. My my heart rate doesn't even go up anymore. And then I get my elbows um, ready to, you know. But they were not it, just for all the people I'm having to fight off, but all the crap that's in the middle of the aisle that I'm going to knock over because and, I'm not five foot four, 108 pounds. Long spaghetti. At, <laughs> and 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 so Mackay Pfeiffer might make an appearance there. Oh, the, the 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 brand I like to go with the Mrs. Grimes chili beans were 100% unavailable and sold out. Now, I do not intend to start, because I I inadvertently did this on Twitter, to start a debate about whether or not chili should have beans in it. Um, The answer is yes. Oh, I guess that's what I thought, too. That's the way that I make it. But I got, you know, as as is often the case, I was getting crushed on Twitter yesterday because I put beans in my chili. Uh, well, look, I will get crushed on here because I just make Hormel chili because I'm that kind oh, of lazy. <laughs> that so, is appalling. Yeah. I you just, wait, you just go right out of the can and warm yeah, it up? But a lot of it is, I'm not like sitting there. I don't want like the heaping bowl of chili. A lot of times like I want, want like little. chili dogs or I want like I, I want it as like a side part of another dish more than I do just like a straight. I'm sitting there watching football with my spoon and my bowl. Eating chili. Yeah, but still, I want to feel the man. chili in my heart. I, I just, <laughs> I don't know. For, for both the way I feel about it, that's where it starts, and then it just moves through and, the rest of your body. And health wise, yeah. where it's probably a problem. It and I should freaks call my me out. I'll tell where you that, what. That artery is just a little uh, uh, pulsating. I'll, any any meat product that is delivered via can, I. I don't trust. Yeah, I don't. Hor- I, my I, friends at Hormel have taken care of me now for I don't a long know. time. I just meat in. Look cans. at me. I'm healthy, Jack. Do you, I mean, do you ever go to like uh, Costco and they have like the little like mini sausages that are all that are in a can and mm-hmm. stuff like? I see that. I'm like, who is? Bu- I, 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 and yeah, I, I, I understand it. It's a. It's it's probably a less expensive option, but it is. Ugh. It's more of a simplistic. I, I one time got the. Have you ever gotten the uh, the chicken in a can that they they can up like tuna? 
The actual chicken. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I eat tuna, so I don't know why I'm going to yeah, be scared no, but for of some reason other it feels, out of a can. I don't love tuna, but it feels better. But the, the chicken in a can, like, I opened a can of that once, and it smelled up the entire house. The smell just, is a it's thing. It's just not a good smell. And sure. I don't know that the taste is good either. i just out, kind of out on canned meats for the most part. <laughs> and that would be part of your... What about ham in a can? How do you oh, feel about spam? Jeez. I I have never had spam. That doesn't surprise me. I've and never had. You spam. have no reason to have. Have you had it? Yeah. Do you like it? It's not good. I mean, it's. Have you had spam, Caleb? No. It's I more of not. like a, in college. Hey, have you had this? No. Have you had this? <laughs> Let's do it. It's just like a like a so, novelty, like an experience, yeah. more than doing it. Some people for, tried sushi in college. I'm over here trying spam. Oh gosh, sushi. Uh, uh, it, uh, we, we just I, put PB and J's in the deep fryer. So <laughs> I get it. This is not a food show, but can I say something about sushi before we get into the bye week? Sure, it's the bye week. I, <laughs> this is not because I'm a prude. Okay, I don't have. I gotta. I gotta have this disclaimer at the beginning because there are people who love sushi, and I want to. I want to be able to say, yeah, this is something I've got in my arsenal for going out to eat. I kind of get why the experience is fun. And it's not because I'm a prude about being grossed out by the uh, by the the fish, the raw fish, or the or or the things in it. But I'll tell you what, it just doesn't. It's not a tasty food. It doesn't taste good. It doesn't. It, it and it's not because it's too fishy or too raw. Uh, the taste is lacking, and it's just not there about sushi. So I am also, in addition to canned meats. Out on sushi. So you had this question to me like one time a few years ago about like what's something that you just have sort of almost no opinion on. Yeah. It's just sort of neutral. Yeah. Sushi would fall in that Sushi's category. there for you. Because I, I don't have it enough to crave it. I don't seek it out ever. If someone suggested it, I would sort of maybe consider pushing an alternative, but I could also just like get through it. Yeah. I guess that's... But it's, I guess if anything, it's neutral, borderline, disinterested. It's interesting because that's kind of where I am yeah. in terms of my evaluation of it. But most everyone on sushi is white hot or freezing cold yeah. on sushi, for the most part. So I just prefer you to cook my fish, please. See that, and you're and you're kind of the baby about it. Yeah, just, yeah, I got it. Just okay. cook it. See, I'm not even a baby about it. I just wish it tasted better. I mean, I, I it tastes better if it was cooked. I feel like I want to dip it in some, like just douse it in some kind of sauce. But all they give you is that stuff that looks like guacamole, and then you put a little bit of that on it. Oh, that's going to take you for a ride. So. so, potential head coaches, which ones would be sushi? <laughs> which ones would be chili? Yeah, Where exactly. are we at on this? Uh, which ones can chili? <laughs> who's who's the can spam chili? of the coaching camp? Oh, we Brett, Brett Bielema's got to be one of those, right? It, well, I don't really think he's a candidate. But if if like we if we knew coming in that this was going to ha- be how you started the show, I definitely could have shown up with like a food chart of you know the coaches, and we could have we could have made it. The good news is, like, we got time. <laughs> we got time. Oh, oh, oh it's six six. six. We, okay. No, we we got long term time. We got we could we could plan a segment for that for a month for now, I, and we'd still be fine. I will say. So you're talking about how this program needs a bye week, and I completely agree. But then there's another part of me that finds it somewhat comical that like. This weather is fantastic. Yeah, that's the true. next two days. Spe- right. Tomorrow looks like it's going to be like an A plus September yeah. Saturday. Right, you want it to feel like low eighties. Like you're barely going to get there, and by the time you get to the low eighties, maybe you're outside doing yard work. Maybe you're inside watching football. Who knows? Well, that's the thing. Time for yard work. Time for weddings. Yeah. If you've got a lot of weddings, will probably be planned. 
perfect day for Great that. Great time to mention that fall sunny. wedding should be you Not, know, considered, nice, but it's, ignored. It's, it's okay. It's Put them a, in the middle of the week. It's okay. <laughs> Big Wednesday wedding advocate here. That's Caleb. Wednesday morning at 10 a.m. <laughs> I thought it was a misprint when I got the invite, but no, Wednesday morning. It worked. It worked. So far, they've stayed together over the last two months. Um, <laughs> did you do the show first and then? Yes. Yeah. Well, he did. No. I did. No, well, I wasn't. I knew that you did. Yeah, I did the show, yeah, and the, I, I was just like, "Well, it, maybe Caleb wanted it at ten, so he got himself a nice twenty-minute <laughs> so break work. before." <laughs> I, I want to make sure I'm not burning any vacation days for this. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Please imagine, fit this into my imagine schedule. telling your future spouse, "Well, this day might be important, but do we really want to use it for uh, a vacation day?" I'm not going to miss a what chapter hide Wednesday. Let you know right now. <laughs> Well, I don't know if you noticed it or saw it, but Nebraska lost to Oklahoma, and it, I was there. It was, uh, you know, what's what's still perplexing to me about this game because I wasn't. None of us, by the way, you look at our predictions for this game. Nobody predicted it to be particularly close. I saw one of our colleagues had a tweet uh, during the game that said something to the effect of, "No one in the media was predicting this to be a blowout." Well. You literally, know, uh, yeah, literally, I saw that tweet too. <laughs> I was like, "Really?" <laughs> thought about responding, and then looked at some other tweets from said individual, and was like, well, "He's on something today." So we're just, <laughs> we're just stepping off. I, of this I one. saw that, and then I pulled up on Husker Max. They put all our predictions on Husker Max. All yeah. of the all of the media, and and by the way, I mean this is a weird thing. I to didn't pack. know they did that. This is a weird thing. To so pack. I've been sending ours to Husker Max. So oh, okay, been, but they could. They, up on it's there. not just ours though. No, they, no, no. They put but everybody's national. I wanted to and see local. what ours looked like compared to all the others. Well, it was interesting. I try to be very consistent because I think I give predictions in like four different formats. Do you do the same every and I one. I want or... to have the same score every time. Or is he, do you like hedge your bets? So no, I, oh, you I like. I started a couple years ago when this first started becoming a thing where it's like, okay, if I'm going to say it on this, I'm going to say it on this, and I'm going to write it in this, and it's going to be put here. No, you you make sure when you go on all of the shows, you say, like last week you would have gone on all the shows, you would have said, Oklahoma... 58, Nebraska, 3. But when you wrote, you're like, sneaky good opportunity for Nebraska here. Put them down 24-21. And then that's, and then that's the one you share nope. again after with, with like the eye emoji after the game. You're like, Uh-oh. someone saw this coming. Uh-oh. No, but yeah. in, in all seriousness, I, uh, you know, I saw the line of this game seemed off to me when, when it kept getting down to 11. That seemed bizarre to me. Well, to you be and, fair, you every line said, this year has seemed significantly right. off yeah, that's because true. Vegas has no feel. No one has a feel for what's happening over Except at, for at us. You, you and I were saying as people were like, oh, man, should, should you maybe take Nebraska? And you and I were both like, no. I'd take Oklahoma minus 30. I, it was, and that, that's what it ended up being, 35. But It was as sure as, as, as I've ever been. And, and and that's not to you know dismiss any of the problems or or anything like that, but you could see it coming a mile away. I mean, Mickey Joseph comes in, has the job on Sunday. Okay, the game is on Saturday. Uh, you're, you've got some changes to your staff at that point. The team's been struggling already to turn that around. And and, and I it'll it'll be interesting, Mike, to see how good Oklahoma really is. And to um, me, to me, they looked they looked better than I thought they would. To be yeah. honest, which of course you know Nebraska didn't put up a, a real fight during. I it, think, but I think defense, they might be good. I think their defense is going to be pretty good in yeah. that conference. Like I just they their defense impressed me far more than anything else. I mean, 
It's it's tough for anything right now. Nebraska's defense to impress me for someone else's offense because I've kind of right. seen it's literally kind of everyone have success yeah. with whatever they wanted to do. Yeah, I mean, I put Kyle Van Trees in the Heisman conversation after a couple weeks ago. Oklahoma was scared though; they were using trick plays. <laughs> Knew they needed them. Did George, and then did Georgia Southern lose? Yeah, they lost yeah. to UAB. Yeah, they lost. Oh my gosh. Um. So. Oh, every. I mean, the beginning of the schedule is looking worse and worse after. Every each of those games. Well, the, and here's the, the thing: the Northwestern for, lost. For, for those of us, North Dakota the, lost. Yeah. yeah, for those of us that follow the uh, college football imperialism map, we might have new overlords coming to uh, us here in Lincoln because Duke, who beat Northwestern, so Duke currently owns our territory. Oh boy, they, Duke's playing Kansas. Lance Leopold might own Lincoln here in a couple of days. I was curious if anyone was taking Duke in that game for the uh, the old seven point or more. Uh oh, selection. Is it? Are they more than a seven? Point I thought seven, it was a, seven to ten. I thought it was nine. Yeah, which is way too. Nine. I've watched traditional Duke play. powerhouse Kansas always gets the benefit of the doubt with Vegas. Duke's defense is going to be fun to watch in this game. If if you're just casually watching it, like if you're like, oh, I want to watch Lance Leopold. You could come away thinking like, "Oh, this Kansas offense struggles." That There's was part le- of it. Is Duke's got a very fun defense? That was legitimately a sentence I never thought I would hear on the Friday <laughs> Husker defense. Duke's defense. Look, I watched him play Northwestern. Duke's defense is going to be fun in watching this game. Uh, I think so. I mean, I could be wrong. But, but going back to that Nebraska Oklahoma game, still, what? And, and you know, I don't want to make too much of this, but it still does baffle me that. You, you know, with how the game went, which I, I think wasn't super surprising to, to any of us, given Nebraska where, where Nebraska is, Nebraska's issues were, how they, how they still came out in the first five to seven minutes I of that game. I would all my money is, on that, though. Is, really? Because the thing is, like, when these things happen, and especially when it's someone that, you know, the, the players tend to like Mickey Joseph quite a bit, it felt like a very safe bet to me that Nebraska, if they were going to have success, it'd be right away, that it's going to be an emotionally charged thing, and then it would drop off almost immediately because you can't sustain that level of emotion for 60 minutes because you have to fall back on fundamentals and all the things that they don't do well. Mm-hmm. But if you needed an emotional like first 10 minutes of a game, I thought Nebraska was going to come out and play well, and that's exactly what they did, and then I thought they were going to struggle, and that's exactly what they did. Do, do you get that feeling about the players, about that, yeah, that I, Joseph I is... Of course, there have got to be people, particularly on, on offense. We'll see with the defense. I okay. mean, they, mm-hmm. look, I'm sure we're going to uh, talk about Eric Shenander at some yeah. point in time. He was the most popular coach over there, really. Mickey Joseph. Really? I mean, the the defensive players loved him. Uh, they're going to be hurting far more than the team was when Scott Frost was fired. Interesting. We'll put so it, that it might it might very much correlate sort of the mood right now to the side of the ball that players Well, are but then it becomes like you can't sit there and lick your wounds too long. You Agreed. have eight games left. And Agreed. Bill Bush wasn't going to allow them to do that this week anyways. So, and I don't think, you know, and I I don't know that this has happened, but I would imagine that Eric Shenander has probably reached out to a lot of those guys individually, encouraged them to, to go do their best work in the next eight games. I mean, he's a professional. Uh, he he had a lot of support from people over there just for what he had done over the last five years. Yeah. I know that uh, fans well, and, don't think it that way, but he was very popular. And Jack and I talked about when, when this did come out, that our interactions, and I'm sure your interactions with, with Chenander were much the same, just a genuinely great guy. He is the most normal individual I have come across in the coaching profession in the entire time I've covered. Really? That's yeah. awesome. 
Really? So if it if it comes across that I like Eric Chenander, I would like to unequivocally say yes, I yeah. like Eric Chenander. Yeah. He's the kind of person that would come up and talk to you out in public. Um, he, uh, I, I believe he reached out to me on my wedding day. You really? Know, and just like told me congrats and offered well wishes and wow all these kinds that of things isn't, so he's just that's a, not typical yeah he's wow. just a genuinely good person mm-hmm. that, that, that well then that does it and because would you say mike when you look back at his entire career at nebraska i've got this sense still and and i don't know if i'm you know under influenced by what happened this season or, or over influenced by a couple of moments last year but i still had the sense going into the season that he had he had performed. Well, he wasn't perfect. The defense had their issues throughout some time. But I had sort of just a a, a positive, um, a, 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 a positive I- interpretation of how he fared compared to how I thought he would fare going into this job. Because I think going into it, there was sort of this idea. Well, it's you know, it's going to be like Central Florida, right? Central Florida is going to zoom up the field. They're going to have forty-five second drives. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to give up some points as well, but they're also going to get some turnovers and and those sorts of things. And um, that's not necessarily what it was for a variety of reasons, but there were several times, especially I think last year in his career, and again, not a perfect season by any means. They had their issues, but he sort of he sort of punched above what I thought he was going to punt. He was going to do with this job. Yeah, I think it's important to remember that if you go from twenty eighteen to twenty twenty one, Nebraska improved. Pretty much across the board, most defensive statistics, most importantly, points allowed. They dropped every year uh, up into the apex of 2021. And then, of course, they had to replace guys going into this year. And I understand the move, and I, I'm not like against the idea that maybe they had to make a change for the sake of making a change. And it wasn't working. I mean, I didn't... Yeah, absolutely. I didn't, the style of defense that he talked that they wanted to play coming into the season and what they looked like through four games were two entirely different things. So it, it's clear that there wasn't a particular answer coming from him. Uh, but when I've seen sort of the reaction of like, he was one of the worst defensive coordinators and it's like, I don't know that people understand Nebraska would have been like one in 11 if that defense hadn't Could played the worse. way that it did last year. Yeah. And yeah. and they lost games too. I mean, they had opportunities to stop Michigan late, and they, you know, so it's they yeah. weren't perfect. I don't want to make it seem yeah, like agree. they were, but I think he got a lot out of the less talented side of the ball when you look at how they recruited. Which though, even though saying that, still makes this season and the way the defense has performed Very even that much more yeah. surprising, more shocking. Should we have seen just more into with the personnel with the losses? Um, that there were going to be issues. I mean, how much of that do you think that that's what it is? When you talk about JoJo Doman, when you talk about Cam Taylor Britt, when you talk about Dismuke and Dante Williams, maybe who are undervalued, was there was there a more significant personnel loss than than we realized going into this? Season? Um, yes and no. I mean, I I can't speak for everybody. I know coming in, my biggest thing with this whole team was. The trenches, and in particular, I didn't know how they were going to stop the run. I mean, they just didn't have, you lost Ben Stilley, you lost DeAndre Thomas, and most importantly, and I would argue maybe the biggest loss on the defensive side, Damian Daniels. Mm-hmm. And they didn't have a single body on their roster that was similar to Damian Daniels. I mean, you go back, just like, go back and watch the Michigan State game. He is eating three offensive linemen to allow JoJo Doman and Luke Reimer and Nick Henrich to tee off on Kenneth Walker. One of the best running backs in the country last year. Mm-hmm. You go look at his numbers and you look at what he did against everybody else but Nebraska, and then come back and tell me that Eric Shenander and Nebraska's defense sucked his entire time. Yeah. Because they had a great game against Michigan State. 
mean, they had a great game plan. And a lot of that was Damian Daniels basically like, oh, you think you can block me one-on-one? Nope, you're going to need that center. Nope, you're going to need that lead back. Nope, mm-hmm. you're going to need that other guard. Like, yeah. I'm going to sit here in the middle of this defensive line, and I'm going to eat up at least two, sometimes three offensive linemen. And you know who gets to run free in those scenarios? Luke Reimer and Nick Henrich. Yeah. You know who's been covered? Like, it's, it's startling just how different it looks when you have no push up front. And Ty Robinson hasn't, you know, become the guy that people had hoped he would be. Mm-hmm. And next to him, they have a you know revolving door of who's your defensive tackle opposite yeah. Ty Robinson, and they don't have an answer there. Colton Fees, Touchmacher, those guys are trying to yeah. find somebody. Win and, and Devin win. Drew, and, and yeah. they've all been you know okay to below average, but you just see how that sort of affects your middle level of defense. And then on top of it, I thought, and I was completely wrong on this, and I'll, I'll own it for the rest of the year, I thought the secondary had the talent to replace the experience. And while I still think there's more talent than they have played, the inexperience at safety and the drop-off at safety has crushed Mm -hmm. the secondary. I mean, Marcus Buford has made some nice plays, but he's also had quite a few mistakes. Miles Farmer has had a bad first four games, and I I feel bad saying that because I don't want to single him out. Because he had experience, though. He had a decent amount of experience too. But there was concerns. I mean, Braylon Allen absolutely housed him multiple times in run fits in the Wisconsin game. I mean, especially their last touchdown. That should have been Miles Farmer finishing off that run fit and. Allen just blew right by him. I mean, so it's just one of those things where I thought that they were going to be better in the secondary than they were. And so they don't have a single level on defense that's going well. So, you know, you can't stop the run. You're struggling in the pass. You play a very soft defense. And so when you get these quarterbacks and every team is looking at Nebraska like, oh, I can just run an RPO. Their safeties don't know what to do. Their linebackers can't cover that long. And they have no pass rush. And it does make you wonder how much of a difference a new defensive coordinator can make when they're in a, truly in personnel five depth. Pra- five practices before they play Indiana. Yeah. Like that, because, you know, you can't. They played that week zero and they have to stay within a certain amount of practices. They don't get extras for gotcha. it. Gotcha. And so because of that, it's not like they're getting a ton of extra work. That's, that's a good point. All right. We got a lot to uh, get into today. We'll take a listen to uh, some of the sound. I want to talk, continue that defensive conversation as well um and it was really interesting to hear you break that down because i had some thoughts coming into the season why i thought everything was going to be okay but you explained exactly why those things weren't going okay so there you go it's a friday husker tailgate we're going to jump into the sound off here in just a little bit plus we've got a fantasy huskers password for you mike i don't know if you've heard but it is weekend fling edition of fantasy huskers where you are allowed your pit you get to pick another top 25 team to be your team for one weekend and one weekend Ooh. only, no strings attached. Okay, one weekend only. It's the hall pass version. So, what does that team have to do? Uh, the highest scoring team there in the AP is. top twenty-five, All and right. we still have some good choices out there. Well, still a parade of opportunities that we'll present for you. Come here. Caleb is very uncomfortable with my, you know, uh, extramarital affair imagery that I'm putting oh. with this. But well, he is freshly married. It's that's true. He didn't have Eric Chenander writing him when he got married, I bet. 632, all right, we'll take a break. It's LNK today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. When you're thinking Huskers. They'll cover exits if they pass sooner, perhaps reaching the 70s for highs. For the Channel 8 Storm Alert team, I'm meteorologist Malcolm Byron. Welcome back to the Friday Husker Tailgate, brought to you by Syracuse Area Health, Strasburger Orthopedic on 1499.3 KLIN. 
But first, your fantasy Huskers keyword for a chance at a $100 prize pack from Valentino's at Alumni Hall. So as we explained to Mike, here's how it works this week. Fantasy Huskers. If you get a pick, we'll tell you how to do that in a second. You get to pick an AP Top 25 team. AP Top 25 team, and you try and pick the one who's going to score the most points this week. Now, that may sound one like, well, there's only like three really good teams for that. I would argue this may be the best week ever to find a a deep cut in this year's uh, Mm -hmm. or this week's group of AP Top 25 teams. Uh, so, so we're going to give you a keyword in a second. And all you're going to do is text it into 402-479-1400. Make sure you spell it right. Our system will automatically uh, sort those together, and we'll pick one randomly. And uh, one of the people who do it will get the ninth pick overall. If you don't mind, Kib, could we go over? Could we go over the picks so far, though, yeah. so people can can take a can kind of think about who they might pick if they're the ones who get this? So Julie took Georgia, Coach A N C State, Ron Alabama. Ryan H. USC, Gryffindor Staff, Oklahoma, Sean Miami, Craig Penn State, Marie Pitt. Okay. So good Marie with a good pick there. You like Pitt? They play Rhode Island. See, that's what yeah. people were, everybody was going for Georgia and Alabama right away, and Pitt plays Rhode Island. I, uh, those Real quick, I just say those again. I'm going to give the opponents for each of these here. Georgia. Georgia's going to play Kent State. I mean, that. 45 point line on that game. For, yeah. Okay. I mean, that's a. Obviously, that's a good that's a good pick there. NC State, NC State. I believe plays they got UConn. UConn, right? one of the one of the poorer teams in uh, FBS. Are they a top twenty five team? Uh, yeah, NC State number twelve. They beat Texas Tech by like fourteen last week. Why is my app not considering them a top twenty five team? Oh, I'm dumb. Never mind. Continue. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you Alabama. Uh, oh, and by the are way, are they on quick. your are they on your app? Alabama's yes. the number two team. <laughs> They're a 40-and-a-half point favorite. They play, play Vanderbilt, but that seems like a classic. They're going to get up like 38-0 to zero in the first half, and uh, then uh, Saban kind of calls off the dogs in these games. USC. USC Oregon has State. That's Oregon a tough one. I don't, or, I don't love that. They're a six-point favorite. Still, you can see it being like a 63-56 game. Yeah, I guess that's true. It doesn't matter yeah, how much it's, you it's win It's not by. how much you win by. It's right. just as long as you score yes. a bunch of points. Yeah. yeah. All right, what else do you have? Oklahoma. Oklahoma's got Kansas State. Uh, Unlikely. Miami. Miami has Middle Tennessee. Maybe. Maybe. Penn State. Penn State has Central Michigan. Now, I was telling this to Caleb yesterday. They just put up like 40 on Auburn, at Auburn. So, their offenses look good. Sean Clifford, I may have been wrong about. I may have been wrong about. He might turn out to be a bona fide, really good quarterback after this is all said and done. And then Pitt. And then Pitt, uh, which Mike likes against Rhode Island. So I, I have another one that I would throw out there. Still possible? Okay, go ahead. Well, because we have two picks left. Yeah, right. we have two picks. Just a recommendation I, from Mike Schaefer. I would consider, because they don't, they don't necessarily even have to win the game, right? Nope. It's just the most amount of points. <laughs> Correct. So, some, hold on. The, the, the person is not going to lose the game who wins this thing. It's possible. I mean, I, yes, hypothetically, so, it's possible. The way that sometimes Wake Forest plays is they will allow a bunch of points and also score a bunch of points. Go back when they look like they played Army. They played, like, they've been in weird games like North Carolina played Appalachian State where it's 52-51. Wake Forest will play that style if they think their defense is in that much trouble and they think they can score. The problem is they're playing Clemson. 
But Clemson could put up points on Wake Forest, but Clemson's offense is kind of yucky. So you're, you're really having to talk yourself in. The only way that scenario would work is if someone picked Wake Forest, but no one picked Clemson. Well, I, I'm <laughs> thinking you would take Clemson. Take Clemson. Okay. Because Wake Forest's defense is worse. Oh, that somebody could pick Clemson. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and, right. and it's it's like one of those because you don't have a lot of great options left. It's one of those where you're talking yourself into Wake Forest's defense is bad, and sure. they play fast, so there's going to be a lot of opportunities for scoring in that game. All right. Well, how about uh, people are like, well, what's the word, Jack? You've talked it all through. We want to make a pick. What is the word, Caleb? Friday. Friday. F-R-I-D-A-Y. Friday, text send in the Rick Stein recognition. Text on 402-479-1400. One of the people who do that is going to get the pick number nine. Then one more chance at 810 to get one more pick today and close it out. Maybe win yourself a package of uh, great stuff from Valentino's and Alumni Hall. All right, let's get to the sound for today. What do we have? Uh, What did you hear today? Or this week, Caleb? Oh, geez, just a second. I'm I'm having uh, technical difficulties. Issues Technical difficulties here. Oh. I see exactly what the reason for that was. All right. So um, first sound we've got here is from uh, Coach Mickey Joseph talking about the uh, firing of Eric Chenander. Shane's a good man and a good coach, but the numbers didn't add up. I didn't see us getting better. You know, for four weeks, I didn't see us getting better from week one to week four. So, you know, I had to make a decision, the best decision for the kids because it's about the boys. So I had to make the best decision for the boys. It's it's an interesting situation that Mickey Joseph gets put put in because not only become the interim head coach do you inherit obviously the duties the the game duties the practice duties of being a head coach uh, you also get that administrative role which includes staff decisions um and like how do you hand, like how do you go into handling that if you are a um if you are an interim head coach i mean the obvious thing is Mickey's looking right now for what he believes gives himself the best chance of getting some wins down the road, and he believed that would be with someone else other than Chenander. But you don't, when you think of an interim head coach, you usually don't even, you think about them kind of piecing together the rest of the season, find a way to win some games, not necessarily like rebuilding a staff, an yep. interim staff as well. But when you make the decision that early in the game, that can become a reality sometime, and that's what happened with Mickey Joseph. Yeah, and I mean, he's worked with Bill Bush at LSU. I think there's a certain way that they want to try to push this over the next eight, nine weeks in terms of practice habits and what it is that they're attempting to do. So I would imagine there's a trust level that Bill Bush is more on the wavelength of how Mickey wants to go about it. Oh, you um, want to hear about Bill Bush? Well, he's going to detail it. I met Bill in 2018 when he came to us at LSU. He spent a lot of time with Dave Aranda. Dave Aranda is probably one of the best D coordinators in the country. But he's going to detail it. He's going to take it step by step. He's going to make sure the fundamentals are solid. We're going to use the same lingo. You know, probably less calls, but we're going to use the same lingo. On Bill is Bush for this. Bill, Bill, is, Bill is built for this. He's sharp. He's going to, like I said, he's going to be detailed in his qualities. He, he's, a really good, he's a really good football coach, and he'll, he'll take care of it. I understand and Bill understand what I want. We, like you said, we, we spent time together at LSU. And we talked we talked a lot when we was at LSU. He was a safety coach. I was the receiver coach. So we got to compete against each other and share notes and, and, and compete against and get after each other on the field. Some people think we don't like each other, but we do. We just get after each other on the field. <laughs> what kind of defense would you like? A defense that stops the run and stops the pass and shut people out. That's a good defense. 
I disagree with that last statement. That's not the kind of defense I'm looking for. Um, what are you looking for, Jack? Uh, you know, kind of a you know, kind of more of a down the middle thing. Allow a few points, but uh, but yeah. You, first of all, when Mickey said a lot of people think I don't like him, I was like, oh wow, you're making a story there that I didn't really think was the thing. I, I think it was a little bit tongue in cheek there, but yeah, they were. By the way, you're now like Ed Orgeron for having had most of that national championship staff uh, at LSU there in in uh, with Joe Burrow. Yeah, just I'm, I'm just it, it it is in it is interesting, it is interesting that those two guys worked with Dave Aranda, who is considered one of the uh, the candidates among just onlookers for for this whole thing, and and they all have history, and maybe that would be a scenario if you're really pulling for some of the staff to stay together, mm-hmm. would be Aranda that that might be your best bet if if that's something that is really important to you. Just throwing that out there. Just throwing that out there a little bit. Is it bit. important to you? I want to see what the rest... Uh, 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 we'll, and we'll get into the coaching stuff, but I just... I need to see how the rest of this... Before I, I, I nail down my opinion on what to do next for the head coach, I got to see some of the next few weeks play out. Not only for Nebraska, but for some of these other coaches. I mean, you know, Lance Leipold, for instance, Lance Leipold, for instance, it's become a week-to-week thing how his stock has grown. To some degree. Yeah, there's and, a lot of, um, it feels a little over the skis because if Kansas finishes five and seven. Right. Is this the direction that right. you're really going to go? And, and that Texas game from last year is carrying a lot of weight. Now, this sure. is me not me saying that I don't want him. I, I, I think he, I mean, I, I think it's possibly something that would, that would work and be very good. But it is interesting when you evaluate him, you're evaluating him. And, and 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 it's not fair for me to say he doesn't have an established record at lower levels because he did. He had tons of success yep. at lower levels. But what's really doing a lot of the heavy work for people being interested in Lance Leipold is that Texas win last year and a couple of games this year. Mm-hmm. And it might continue. And it might be exactly who he is and, and a great fit. But it's 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 just fascinating when you look at the different sort of the, the different sorts of period of time that we're really focusing on for these different sort of coaches that are available right now. Yep. You know. Um all right, what else you got? Joseph also gave an update on running back AJ Allen. Uh they um he's back home, his mother's in town. He's doing fine. He came out of surgery you know well. And um he's gonna miss the miss the rest of the um the season. And it's gonna hurt us, but you know, Gabe's a capable back of getting it done. Allen will uh he'll redshirt. Yeah. Redshirt the this. timing was actually somewhat for two, because he would have available availability for a regular red shirt. I don't, yeah. Would he have got? Yeah, so he, can use yeah, he would have had to apply shirt. for a medical one after right. the fact. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah, the now, unfortunately, the concern becomes like you got to re-recruit him to stay on your roster yeah. with a staff that you don't know That's what it's going to look like, and a guy that is basically going to get. Uh, you know, not that any college football team would ever tamper or reach out to players that are currently on other rosters. But if they were going to do that, they definitely all belong in the SEC, where he's from Louisiana, <laughs> and he's going to have plenty of opportunities next year. I, I am. I think A.J. Allen is phenomenal, and I think Nebraska needs to treat him like he's a five-star recruit, even though he's they work on, on keeping roster. him. Yeah. they got to work on keeping mm-hmm. him as well. I, I don't care if it's NIL Point. packages. I don't care if it's, you know, basically the next coach has to keep Brian Applewhite because that's how you keep A.J. out. Like, Find a way to keep him here. He's the best running back they've had since Amir Abdullah. So you're Done. saying put all of the play fly money into AJ Allen? 
<laughs> I mean, they're not. They don't even get that. Doesn't even best till twenty twenty five. So you would appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, uh, two and a quarter million. Uh, for is, imagine going to the NFL and taking a pay cut. <laughs> <laughs> is the idea? Is the thought, Mike, that Anth- that Anthony Grant's probably gone and and looking at moving on to the next level? After uh, not this necessarily. Year. Like I he's, mean, got, he's a, got an option. Right, and he's got to go do it against the Big Ten. And A.J. Allen did, too, and I'm it's hyperbole that I'm speaking with, but just from what I saw of an 18-year-old freshman, A.J. Allen is really, really good. Yeah, he was fun to and watch. And I think Anthony Grant is good. That's not to take anything away from Anthony Grant. But if he has a good year, which with this offensive line, he's going to get plenty of extra credit as uh-huh. NFL draft assessors look at right. what he's doing. Uh, but he's got to make it hold up in the Big Ten. Like, if he has eight games of 60 yards, I don't know that that's yeah. going to be enough to, um, you know, swing it in that favor. I, but I liked seeing the two of them run, though, where you would get Anthony Grant You would think they're more guys. similar than they are, but they're not. They're they're different. Yeah, and that's that's the yeah, thing. When, they work when, well off of each that, other. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. As soon as A.J. Allen would come in, you're like, boom, instant energy. How yeah. did he just... He has a different gear than Anthony Grant mm-hmm. does, but Grant just hits guys a little bit harder. Like, they're, they're both super shifty, but yeah. when A.J. would come in, it's like, how how did he get to that whole three steps before I, you would expect him? I feel like AJ Allen has the ability to turn and get up field faster than mm-hmm. most running backs we've seen in the last eight years, yeah. and so that in itself is like the thing where I'm just like, damn, I've missed this. Yeah, like his his shoulders get square towards the end zone, and he's booking. Are you guys as disappointed in me that my eye test Anthony nickname has not caught on? I'm not remotely disappointed. Are you a little... Back, I'll, let me take that back. I am disappointed you brought it back up. <laughs> Here's the issue. I, I came up with it prior to the Georgia Southern game in a fit of genius in this show, and there hasn't been really... It, Grant hasn't had kind of that one play where I've been waiting to tweet it in all caps, and that's probably when it'll start. And okay. I'm hoping that's coming up. He's Indiana could more. give you that opportunity. Indiana, I test it. Don't sleep on I test Anthony becoming an accepted okay. nickname here. Yeah. Yet, I would say. Uh, Mickey Joseph, one more here, uh, talked about how they are handling recruiting as an interim staff. We're going to recruit like we're going to be here. That's the that's the right thing to do. So we're going to send coaches out on Wednesday. They're going to be out Wednesday night. Then Thursday and Friday they'll recruit. They'll get back in here on Saturday. The ones who don't have a game, I'll, I'll be on the road Friday. I'll be in Monroe on Friday. I'll be in New Orleans on Saturday. I'll be back here Sunday. No, we're going to we're gonna do the job the right way. We're going to do things the right way here. We're not going to sabotage the place, knowing, saying that we might not be here. The, the best thing to do, the most professional thing to do, is to do things the right way. Okay, Mike, he's got to say Just that. Speaking to the recruits last week there, and there, there's, there's talking more. to them the last two weeks on the phone. He's talking they about all the recruits in. now. Because we're selling the University of Nebraska. No matter who sits in this chair, you committed to the University of Nebraska. So we're selling the University of Nebraska. Like I said, we're going to do things the right way. We're not going to try to sabotage anything. If we have, we don't get the job and we have to leave here, they're going to say we left this place better than we found it. That's so what we're going to do things the right way. I expect my coaches to do it. I expect everybody to do their job. Now it's done. Okay, thank you. Thanks. Sorry for interrupting you, Mickey. Uh, uh, Mike, we've got no. I mean, I've got no reason to to disbelieve or anything that Mickey's saying. But I also think what he's saying, like everybody's got to say who's in this situation. Do you? Is there any reason to? to really believe that is going to be the case any different than a extended other extended interim situation. Here's why if you're like, oh, this this could be more than just lip service. One, Mickey Joseph's contract is longer than he's going 
it would be he an upset be at this point. Year, even it would be an upset coach. if he's not back at Nebraska. Really? This year. Yeah. I mean, if you're, as if you're someone who likes that, things in odds, you'd put the odds in the favor. Like it would be even be if he's minus not head money, coach. Yeah. You mean? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think he's going to be back in some capacity. Uh, okay. Um, as in as probably as the associate head coach. Uh, I, I don't think he'll be the head coach, but I think he'll be on the staff. And Sounds I think easy that to was say now, of, but telling that to a new hire is a different sure. thing, by the way. Well, and I think that's part of the conversation. If you're Trev Alberts, like, hey, there's some guys on this staff. I think you know, once you make that job offer, it's yeah. kind of like there's some guys. <laughs> it's it's like the old uh, uh, cop show clip where they're like fingering the the um, the headshots. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh. You might want to take a look at this guy in the lineup. <laughs> hey, but once again, yeah. let me push that over yeah. towards you. So, and then the other thing as to why I don't think it's lip service, like the day before he was announced as Nebraska's wide receiver coach, and like four days after accepting the job, there's there's photos of him in recruits' homes in Louisiana wearing LSU stuff, still recruiting. Mm. You know, Ed Orgeron had been fired like months ago. Yeah. Because that he strongly believes, and I, I, I say this, and people kind of goes one ear out the other. Brian Applewhite is not in Lincoln if he didn't maintain the strong relationship that he had with AJ Allen. So it makes it if you go and you're trying to hire some of these position coaches, it's invaluable to you to use this time to go out and recruit and build relationships that you can take with you potentially somewhere else in another job. And you know damn well that Mickey Joseph is telling that to these guys. That, you know, you might not think you're going to be back, but guess what? If you want to be in this profession, if you want to be a long-term assistant coach, if you want to be Bill Bush, Bill Bush has worked in 700 jobs. You know, you do that because you... If they stick around longer, perhaps stuck in the 60s, sooner, perhaps reaching the 70s. For the Channel 8 Storm Alert team, I'm meteorologist Malcolm Byron. Welcome back to the Friday Husker Tailgate, brought to you by Syracuse Area Health, Strasburger Orthopedic on 1499.3 KLIF. All right, coming up, I am looking for help from you guys listening and from these guys in the room. I think it's time to make this coaching search. And I know Trev said yesterday they're employing a consultant, and I'm going to guess there's a high price tag on this. I'm going to provide him an alternative an alternative consulting service completely free of charge, okay? And we've already been famous on this show for putting together advanced metrics for weather, a.k.a. the DWAFT. I think we can do the same thing for the coaching surf search. Now, I don't quite have... Coaching surf has a nice... Coaching coach. surf. Uh, Only West Coast coaches available. We'll see. Uh, we, we, we will see. So... We're, you guys are going to help me put together. The great thing about it is, I got like two and a half months still to actually do this. So it's like it's like you get that assignment oh, yeah. on the first day of class, and they're like, "This is due at the end of the semester," and you're like, "All right, I'm going to slow play this yeah, thing." If I just do a little bit over time, that's what we're going to do with this. Say anything to get some your weight. Call the traffic hotline four zero two four seven nine fourteen fourteen. That's a quick check of your time saver traffic.
back in the pocket, being rushed, gets hit as he throws down the field. It's going to be intercepted. Miles Farmer at the 15-20 up the sideline. Rocks out of bounds. Flag comes out. This is the Friday Husker Tailgate with Jack Mitchell, Caleb Henry, and Mike Schaefer. Brought to you by Syracuse Area Health, Strasburger Orthopedics on 1499.3 KLIN. Welcome back on a Friday morning, bye week Friday, but hey, it feels like fall, 54 degrees in the capital city. I did a football game last night at Seacrest, it was delightful, opened the windows in the press box, let that breeze come in, it was fantastic, and congratulations to Lincoln Southeast for getting a huge win. You sounded really good, by the way, up until I switched it over to Amazon Prime. Sorry. What an oddly mean thing to say. No, no, no. You sounded good. I just, everyone on, like, no one on Twitter was complaining about your production. Oh, I, wanted to go, I see. Everyone on Twitter was complaining about Amazon Prime. So was, was like, Amazon wanna, rough again last night? It was fantastic. I've had perfection for two weeks. Oh, okay. uh, we had a lot of issues the first week, and then I did not watch last night's game. So oh, Okay. All right. Hey, uh, Just real, absolute quality out of Amazon for me. I can't tell if you're being serious. No, no, no. I, 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 don't, I don't get this bit. <laughs> no, I, everyone's... <laughs> I don't even know that it's a bit. That's what I'm trying to determine no, if he's serious or no, not. No, it's not a bit. Everyone on Twitter wanted to complain about it, and I was like, no, it's I. It's been great for me. Well, I've been doing... I've and that's been, all that should matter. You guys, I'm glad you're lounging all, but I've been working the last two Thursday nights, so I haven't had a chance to... Uh, to check that out, but I will. You next look week. like a man who works Thursday I nights. I don't know what that right means. Right after he puts down two chili dogs. Said I look like a guy. <laughs> all right, guys, look, I got to Real quick, I, I do need to to get to this because you guys have probably noticed right. it uh, already, or or um, uh, you will at some point. Just a, a quick show roster announcement for everybody, as as you already heard, probably if you've been listening. Brendan isn't here. Uh, and he's not going to be for the rest of the season. Uh, the decision right now is for him to focus 100% on his full-time gig at fundraising for the University of Nebraska Athletic Department, which you might have noticed yesterday. There's some announcements, new stadium project, among other things. So fundraising is going to become an even more important job for the success of this program. Uh, so we're disappointed to see him go. He's been a part of this show now for, I still need to go back and do the actual, but I believe it's four-plus years um, we've had a great time throughout that time. Uh, his insight, stories, passion for the program played a, a big part in this show, not only being wildly successful, um, but but just something that all of us here at KLI are very proud of. So going forward, show otherwise is going to stay the same as it is here. The 6 o'clock hour, it's what it's going to be. Good time to mention we're really fortunate this year to, to snag Mike Schaefer as a radio free agent, uh, even though he says that I, you know, I, I look like a guy who likes chili dogs. And he's going to continue with Caleb and myself to take you through um, this season. It's going to be like no other that we've ever experienced around here. So great to have Mike with us. So that should answer the questions that you might have about the lineup. Now, guys, here's what I want to do today. I think that I, we, I, can be of service to the uh, Nebraska administration, Trev Alberts in particular, when picking a new coach. Now, we are here to serve. When I make, I, 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 big, big advanced metrics guy here, me, right? Uh, really like the, the in baseball, love the war and the boire and the ops and the abbas <laughs> And I love all of those things. It's it's how I decide who I'm going to cheer for in baseball. Is all those letters, and uh, obviously I'm I'm the 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 brains, 
you know, Rusty Dawkins puts the good-looking guy in front of the draft, but I, you know, I wouldn't say this with him in the room, but I'm the brains behind the draft. I came up with the concept, and so metrics are kind of my passion. So uh, what I thought I need to do now is put together an unemotional metric, a scientific method towards evaluating the coaches. Every radio show, every media member, every fan right now in this entire state is having this sort of conversation that's piecemeal about all of these different coaches and why you like one and why you don't like the other. And it just feels, guys, for lack of a better term, just incomplete. We need a tool where we can plug in these names and, and simply, you're saying you're that tool? Simply, no, I'm creating that tool. Oh. The tool is going to be something I use. We can plug oh, in like a name. An actual tool. We oh. plug in a name, much like you plug in a quarter of the new slot machines that are going to open up tomorrow in Lincoln. You plug in a, a name, and it spits out a number for you. And you say, okay, well, this is very exciting. Dave Doran is a 4.72. Now I know that. Exciting and Dave Doran in the same <laughs> sentence. That is a... I, I, there's a lot of points that you just scored on that. <laughs> but I need you guys to help me build this. And I say, you guys in the room and, and, and you guys listening on KLIN, KLIN.com, on the KLIN Facebook page who are watching the video. So I am curious what things you think should be weighed in this. And then I'll take care of the hard stat nerd stuff in the background. But I need to know what things need to be. If you if you are Trev, what are those factors that you are looking at? Now, you get the first one out of the way. Obviously, the number one most important thing I would think, and tell me if you disagree, but is simply resume and past success, right? I mean, that is the first thing, obviously, you're looking at at this part. Now, my question is, how do you evaluate that? How do you evaluate a guy who has been in, and I'll just say, I'm not saying he's a huge candidate, but but just to for have an example, let's say, you know, Brett Bielema, who's had, right, um, multiple Power Five coaching jobs, had had some success at, I mean, decent, very good success at Wisconsin. Arkansas didn't go all that well. Illinois is still kind of be written a little bit versus, say, a Lance Leipold, who's got a little bit of, of FBS Power Five uh, experience. When you say... When you hear the word, and I'm curious what you both think on this, when you hear experience resume, just on that part of it, when you look at a resume, what are you looking for? What do you want to see? What do you think Nebraska wants to see when they're going for a coach, Mike? Well, um, my initial thought process, and this kind of stems from conversations that occurred throughout the sort of Scott Frost era, is if you take kind of the spread of how Vegas looks at a game, and if it falls in the category of about six points or one score either way of the spread, what is that coach's record in those kind of games? Because I think that sort of tells you, like, are they the kind of coach that takes care of business when they're lightly favored or a light underdog? Do they win those games? Like, what is their win percentage in that? Because I think that's a big deal. A lot of games that you're going to play specifically in the Big Ten West are going to fall in that category. Mm -hmm. So if you are the kind of coach that has a low winning percentage in that, you know, specific threshold it probably isn't going to translate very well when you switch conferences and you play more games in that so i would start by wanting to know sort of where that is at in terms of the the win percentage there and then i think you would stack in things like how many times has your team won 10 games Mm -hmm. you know like and then you you sort of build out from that 
So first part of that is kind of the clutch gene, right? That, that's yeah, I mean, the, if you if you want to put like a name on, I it, want but, catchy, marketable okay. things. Yes, sure. <laughs> all right. Of course, I do. Yeah, but to Listen, me, I created the draft, I, Mike. Of course, I want catchy. Names. I would, I would go. You know, in gambling terms, you're a six point favorite, so minus six, or you're a six point underdog plus six. So in that twelve point range, what is your win percentage in games in which you fall in that category? Is that information even available? I mean, I know Without people me. that keep spreadsheets for yes. it for Scott Frost. So I was going to say, do I have to go into some back room in Vegas and sort through file cabinets to find that? No, it's a research-based thing. So no, you, you'll have to get your stat department. Yeah, on. You, you can just search. Now and you can find all the past point spreads and. All right, and there's also probably websites that do this because there's people that pay these websites so they can get gambling information. So they're you know. Okay. So then you're taking readily available statistics and merging it into your own. How, okay. Another question. Then I want to go to Caleb's uh, on the resume thing. How do you, do you weigh, I think I know the answer to this, but I just, we need to have it fleshed out completely. Do you weigh, let's say, um, 10 wins for Lance Leipold at, what was it, Wisconsin Whitewater? Wisconsin where, where Whitewater. Wisconsin Whitewater versus Matt Campbell getting 10 wins at Iowa State. Are those the same? Are those 10 wins? You could probably, you could probably put some sort of uh, multiplier on it. You know, where a D3 10 win season is 0.01, and then you work your, you know, you create a formula for. So basically, have a strength of opponent type. If you, if you want to. Multiplier. This is good. Like I said, I'm glad we have that. These are good. I'm jotting all all these things down. I tend to think that if you're building this sort of system, you're putting in enough other data that will discount. you know, ten wins at Wisconsin Whitewater versus Iowa State. Something else we'll cover for that. Yes, that we, we can do that. It's our thing. That's we could sort add of that my in. my general feeling that you don't have to well, have that multiplier. But if you wanted the little extra to well, it, perhaps maybe you just have a separate metric for Power Five experience, sure, right, or yeah. or something like that. I don't know. I, I feel like when when you look at ten wins versus at Wisconsin Whitewater against ten wins at Iowa State in the Big Twelve. Versus just being a defensive coordinator at Ohio State. That's another one. Yeah. How do you how when, do you weigh like, that in? A la Luke Fickle. Mm-hmm. Right. How do you how do you weigh in non head coaching experience? Well, and that's going to make it pretty difficult because I don't know how you do that, but also keep it even because you're also talking about what if you hire a defensive coordinator versus hiring a guy who's got offensive, you know, an guys, offensive coordinator. Guys, this is getting really hard already. Like <laughs> yeah. two minutes so I, I think if you start by initially putting together a system that tracks just off of head coaching stuff, okay. and then you sort of work from there. Okay. That would be, okay. you know. Uh, okay, so other issue. how Should there be a specific... Should there be a specific component of this that involves simply experience in the Big Ten Conference, whether it's as a head coach or an assistant? Yeah, I mean, I I think that that is valuable because you want to know the conference and the opponents that you're going to play and the type of football that you're going to play. At the same time, being a Power 5 head coach or Power 5 experience seems, you know, valuable to... It's just like, how do you delineate the difference? Well, again, compare Matt Campbell's experience to, say, Luke Fickle's experience during the time. How about, what do you think? Do you think think Big Ten, actually, should Luke Luke Fickle, for instance, you you can pick any, any, but should Luke Fickle, for instance, get a a bump in in the new uh, metric I'm creating for coaching in the Big Ten that Matt Campbell would not have gotten? I think he should, but between the two of them, they also get a bump for knowing the Big Ten footprint. 
Yeah. Like, like that's a that's a big oh, part. So there's too. a separate one, maybe. Yeah, I, I would definitely because when you're talking the experience, you're also talking what you bring to the table as a recruiter and what what your teams have done. Do are you recruiting that footprint of what the Big Ten is? Because if you've only ever coached in say the South and you've only ever recruited in Texas and Florida, I mean that's great. You're probably going to have some inroads that you can bring with you, but a lot of those a lot of those kids aren't seeing you play all of the time, like within your specific conference footprint. Right. Now, yes, I get it. The footprint now is going to go all the way out to L.A. That, that's a little different. But the base of the Check Big Ten. size shoes. Yeah. But the, but the base of the Big Ten, the, the Midwest into the Plains, do you know what that is? So for Campbell and Fickle, I think they both get a boost there. But Fickle, obviously, having actually coached within the Big Ten, I think there's something to say for that versus Campbell. So to give you an idea of what you're talking about, though, and I'm, I'm just trying to think of examples like, Elaine Kiffin wouldn't necessarily do well on the metric you're talking about. On the recruiting having, re- part having recruited within the footprint. I don't know, Mike, how do you how how important this is a great question for you. Number one, how important is 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 the idea of the head coach as recruiter when making this decision? Because really it's the entire staff. And then number two, how do you measure that? How do you have yeah. how do you have any idea? So I, I think obviously, I mean I Full disclosure, I am a recruiting writer and recruiting guy, so of course I'm going to think it's important. Right. Um, so let's use Lance Lightpole for an example. Like, I think that you can find some value in the fact that this is a guy that while at Buffalo, they were routinely finishing with classes, not even getting outside of the, the hundreds. I mean, so that's, that's just kind of where they were at. Now you look at it at Kansas and they have changed their style and how they've recruited. They, it's still not, you know, they're like the number 67 class. It's not like they've vaulted up the thing, but you can see where it's different. So I think that you have to, you have to acknowledge that like where someone was at can impact overall recruiting rankings while also acknowledging he changed his style. Yeah. So there's just a lot that goes into that. That's hard. Um, and the head coach absolutely matters in recruiting because they sort of, set the tone of what it is that you want to uh, to kind of accomplish. Obviously, you have a full recruiting staff, but they're going to be in these meetings, and they're going to run these things, and they need to make phone calls. Like you, You're not going to get recruits in 2023 and 2024 classes if you've got a head coach who doesn't want to talk to these kids unless they're on campus. But what about, okay, just to counter, and uh, like what about like a Mac Brown in North Carolina? I can't imagine he's particularly active with the, you know, the recruiting type situation. Um, You know, he's probably more active than you think he would Is be. It? I mean, it doesn't, you know, because head coaches can't go on the road, but they can make phone calls and they can talk to kids and they, you have I'm to sure do you that. can do that. And it's, as annoying as it might be, like that's the lifeblood of what you you have to do. Like you have to get over the the sort of hurdle that, all right, I got to make these phone calls. It, it's probably similar to being a political candidate and having to fundraise, and like yeah. I got to make these phone calls. It's the same thing. You got to make these phone calls when you're a head coach. How important is specifically what Caleb was talking about is familiarity with the the, the kind of the more local footprint. Uh, when it comes to recruiting, I think it's pretty valuable. I think that's why you see a lot of the candidates that have popped up with this job or that are linked to this job have some sort of Midwest tie to it because ultimately, and just talking with different recruiting people at 24 7 Sports, it's hard to, to come up with a lot of teams that don't have a base of their roster from the area of which they're in. You know, so, you know, you're talking Nebraska, if you have someone that doesn't know the Midwest that well, they're going to have to learn it pretty quick because you're going to get kids from Nebraska, Iowa, mm-hmm. Kansas City, Kansas. Like, 
you don't have to it doesn't have to be everything but it's going to be a portion of your roster and so th- you need to have some connection and this it. means like relationships with high school coaches sure. and that's yep. i mean that's what we're talking about yeah. here right and so that's that's part of assembling your staff though because if you mm-hmm. if you go and hire um i don't know give me a random name that isn't uh, one of the Midwest guys. Um, like Jonathan Smith. There's a random enough name for right. you. He's having a nice season at Oregon State. I don't know exactly what his background is, but let's say you go hire that guy. He needs to make sure that he has a guy on his staff or recruiting staffers right. that are familiar with the Midwest to sort of help with that. Right. It doesn't have to be everything, but it at least needs to be a portion of right. what you're doing. Or David Shaw yeah. or something. Yeah. That would be the that that would David be David Shaw would thing. be interesting. Is there a way for it's us kind of a, yeah. is there a way for us to gauge how the next head coach would would can would put together their staff yeah uh, not at this point i mean yeah i don't know how you factor that in i don't know either that's because why part we of could is... call them all and ask hypothetically <laughs> if you took a new job uh who would who would be on your staff and then we could evaluate all the people well, that well the thing that's that's sort of always a guarantee is whoever is getting hired usually is bringing an offensive line coach that they've worked with in the past i mean it's almost always a guarantee and a strength coach that they've worked with in the past so those you can kind of bank on everything else is just sort of dependent on their relationships with those guys i mean Matt Campbell more than likely is going to bring his defensive coordinator with him wherever he goes to his next job, but it doesn't mean the running backs coach as well. In his case, I think that's Nathan Shieldhouse, who's really good, so maybe he is bringing that guy. Right. But, but another the point coach, being, like yeah. you just don't know. And then obviously, if you're hiring a guy like Bill O'Brien, who's an offensive coordinator at Alabama, he's probably not going to bring as many coaches because. He's going to have to take guys off of the Alabama staff. Take them all. Bring the Alabama assemble, staff over, Bill. He's going to assemble a staff that's basically just pulled from different parts of his experience. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you this question. Well, and, and I, oh, I asked, I, well, I bring that up because what did we see when Scott Frost came to Lincoln? Yeah, I don't think you're going to see anyone bring their entire staff. Right. That, that, that's kind of where I'm going yeah. with that. Is, is that's are, not the norm. Are, are they going to go it get It never was the, the norm. Guys? And I think that, uh, unfortunately, Scott may have ruined it for literally every coach going forward. That, yeah, that may not, just because it didn't work, there's going to be people right. less, less willing to do that. In, oh, that's a huge thing on the message boards. Yeah. That's a, you know, like, people are like, oh, I don't want this guy. He's going to bring too many of his own staff members. Interesting. How much do you guys think, and, and, and listeners to you, tell me what you think, too. How much should you weigh the likelihood that they would the, the coach that's coming in would be in it for the long haul as opposed to a stepping stone to something else? Wouldn't care. You Really? No. Doesn't matter. Really? You know why? I, I think I disagree. Well, I uh, go ahead, Mike. Uh, so here's, here's my, my thought on it. This hire, the entirety of the hire right now, all it is is to get Nebraska away from where they're at in this period in time and put them in a better spot. And so if you go hire a guy and in three years he's somewhere else and he got hired away, chances are it's because he did a good job here and Nebraska's in a much better spot than they were in 2022. I guess I, I, you're, I, I'm not saying you're not making the, a good point. The thing I'll hear is, what you Caleb want says. the emotional attachment yeah. of Tom Osborne, and you're not going to get I, it. I, that's part of you're it. You're not going to get it, and you I'm have exhausted. To accept that now. And I'm just exhausted of this process. Too I don't, bad. I'm not doing, Mike. I'm not doing this in 2025. I'm you not. Might doing, have I'm to. not. No, I'm not. I'm out. Well, I'm I also out. think Caleb and I will host the show. Yeah, that's fine. Um, I, I also think that if you did get to the situation where it was a stepping stone. And we're in the same situation that, say, Kansas fans are in right now. And you're like, oh, man, this name keeps popping up for all of these bigger jobs. One, 
how many other jobs at that point, if Nebraska is being successful to the point that that head coach is being courted by the, what, five other places that you would historically go to other than Nebraska? Now, I, I get that Oklahoma lost their coach to USC, but it's the same thing. How many programs are going to take a coach away from Nebraska if Nebraska is being successful? So if the program is in a place where that coach is being courted in such a way, then Nebraska is probably pretty good over the next couple of years. You're still feeling pretty good about things. Who's the coach that you can then bring in and say, this is where the program is? So if if I had my druthers and this was wood factory and it would nick people like, well, probably Nick and Urban Meyer, you know, maybe. Yeah, well, that would probably Nick. Uh, I'm trying to think who else on, on sort There's of. There's fear the that if Bill O'Brien gets it Bill going, O'Brien he'll go immediately to the NFL. He'd get Nick, too, right. on this thing. My thing when, when you're talking about the if someone's in it for the long haul, is this the last job they're at because they're going to retire from coaching? Or is this. I mean, the Nebraska last- just hired a. A young coach that was a slam dunk that was supposed to stay here for seventy years and be the the next Tom Osborne. Like people have to stop thinking about that. No, no, no. I'm not. I'm not saying that they got to go. This guy's got to be in their thirties. Right. But what I'm saying is, stop thinking about this as a fifteen year move and start thinking of it as a five year thing. Well, if I I want that's where I'm at. I want it to be a five year thing, but I also don't want this person to have been fifteen years into Social Security. Sure. Well, no, uh, and, and I get what like you're, we're electing a president. Mike, over I, just to be clear, I don't. <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> I don't want this to be the only factor, but I think it, with the, what this, what my my index is going to do is kind of delineate the close calls between factors. And if I had to go one way or the other between two who are equal, otherwise, I yeah, take but the you guy just who's emotionally manipulated longer. your scale because you're determined that this matters more to you than what the scale would tell you. You did it's say you wanted another, to take emotions out, I, I would, I, which I would is just, a very difficult well, Jack Mitchell thing to do. And here's the other thing. And here's the other thing. And you guys are going to absolutely kill me for this, and everybody will. But chili dogs. I will. Uh, no, sucking on chili dogs. Uh, <laughs> No, the other one, the other thing that I would have, and people will kill me and they'll hate the rating, and I don't care, is I would have a likability scale. I, I, I yes. You're, you're the I worst you're analytics already. creator yeah, ever. You're killing me, and I barely got it out of my mouth. We want to take emotion out of it. Likeability! No, I don't know. I, didn't, I want to take emotion. I How take much I like him to be here it. for yeah. the next 40 years? I, is he pretty? Does he bring his family? Is he going to raise football players within his family unit? Fine. I'm not taking my own. There is going to be some. Su- Everybody can fill it out differently, but I'm going to have some sub- subjectivity. And yeah, you guys are going to. Uh, I'm going to get killed for this. Mike's message board is going to blow up with what an idiot I am. That's fine. They usually do. But I want to like. I mean, they I want agree. To, I want to like my coach. First I, of all, my message board would reject the idea that a formula could spit out a coach better than they could come up with themselves. No. So we'll start there. <laughs> and then. Second of all, yeah, people want to like the coach that they root for. That's understandable. I'm putting in a likability. You're trying to create an analytic and then add something to it that is not quantifiable. Maybe everyone can do their own likability index, though. Then that removes the fact that it's a universal thing, doesn't it, Jack? I gotta have likability in there. I gotta have more cowbell. I just, I, I need to have it. I need to have that in there. Would you like Pat? Would you like Pat okay. Fitzgerald if he took Nebraska to just a West don't, Division don't title? Don't put me in that position. What if it was just a no drama rating? How about that? I don't know if that's possible. No, a no. I want to minimize the drama. Can you name a program without drama? Mm, I don't know. Kansas Rice. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know anything about Rice. Rice so. well, Have you heard a whole yeah. lot of drama coming out of Rice? Uh, yeah, Rice is All over right. there converting well, quarterbacks to go, wide receivers. Go find out how their coach is. We'll see how Christian McCaffrey feels about that. Jeez. <laughs> mm-hmm. Go find out how their coach is and open up the checkbook. Do you, can you name Rice's coach? No, that's why I just can said. Can you name there. Rice's coach? Can you? Sorry, I'm, I'm no. going to call him right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see. Rice's head coach is Mike Bloomgren. Well, Mike, welcome. <laughs> Welcome to Lincoln. <laughs> you're, you're the, I obviously know drama. I've never heard his name in my life. Instead of Jeff from Boise, it could be Mike from Rice. I would like Jeff from Boise to be on the shrink staff, though. <laughs> Have you followed Jeff from Boise's career? I haven't. I don't know if he's still even there. At well, this they've point. multiple head coaches since. <laughs> so, by the way, you uh, Mike Bloomberg was a grad assistant at Alabama, so he's got that pedigree. Mm. Coach for the Jets, oh seven to ten. They were pretty good then. Stanford offensive line. Stanford O line? Jeez. Never mind. This might not be such a bad pick. (laughs) What's his likability, though? Wait, you know what he did? He convinced someone that Nebraska couldn't to change positions. Wait. He was the Andrew something. This rice coach was the Andrew Luck director of offense. They have an Andrew Luck endowed coaching position. What does that even mean? I don't know. I don't know. I can't answer it. Well, I think I've just put a new name in the rotation. Expect to hear it on the message boards later today. Mike Bloomgren. All right, <laughs> seven thirty-one. So, how'd your metric come about here? Uh, well, well like I said, we work. got time. We got. There's I got. We're gonna. Work. We're gonna develop it. I'm gonna do some work. I'm gonna. Br- How about this? Next Friday, I'll bring back oh, you. God. I'll bring back what I've got, and we can start. Yeah. We can start working. Absolutely. Absolutely. I got. I've got. I've, I've got the feedback I needed. Here's here's how you can start this whole thing. Just create a Jack Mitchell likability index, and then we actually would know okay. where you're at. I'm going to rank the coaches by likability. Okay. I will do that, and so and then we can decide. Caleb and I will put together the list, and you will rank the coaches based on the list that we put together. Got it. Hand out roses. All right. Number one, Mike Bloomgren. <laughs> Seven thirty-two. It's LNK today with Jack and Friends of Friday Esker Tailgate on KLIN. When you're thinking Huskers, it's in your way. Call the traffic hotline 402-479-1414. That's another check of your time saver traffic. Welcome back to the Friday Husker Tailgate. Brought to you by Syracuse Area Health, Strasburger Orthopedic on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, it's time for the helmet stickers. Well... By the way, just an update. Uh, I test Anthony Grant first with helmet stickers with six. Casey Thompson second with five. Brian Buscini with four. A.J. Allen will end the season with three. Travis Vokalek with three. Those are the leaderboards on the helmet sticker uh, list right now. Guys, I don't expect this to be a particularly easy one here this week. That's kind of goes with the territory when you lose 49-14, to 14, but... I feel like we're a little um, bit more lenient this week. Yeah, maybe. Maybe the standards are, are a little bit different. Even just a, a play that something went particularly right on might be enough for uh, for you guys to give out a helmet sticker. So, Caleb, why don't you take it away? Who gets your uh, who gets your first helmet sticker today? Well, I don't think this one's a bad pick. Trey Palmer, 92 yards and a touchdown. I mean, it, <sighs> there, there were not a lot of opportunities to catch the ball. There were not a lot of opportunities to be successful on either side of the ball, and he he did what he could with what he had. Yeah, that was an God, that first drive. Oh man, you guys should have seen me. I was out. Of, I was like, oh my gosh, this offense is here. This I was, offense is here I was looking to forward, stay. 
There was no you should be here with me tweet. Yeah, well, you were, I was just at my house, so you, you shouldn't <laughs> you have should necessarily be been with me in my house. You so had either. like a run of doing that for a while, and it and always it, resulted in Nebraska <laughs> losing. <laughs> it's it's been I'd so like bad. you to bring it back, but mostly when you're at the dentist. <laughs> at the dentist, two cavities, you should be here <laughs> to take this in. All right, Trey Palmer gets the first one, only his second one of the year so far. All right, uh, now to you, Mike. Uh, yeah, I'm going to give one to Timmy Bleakroad. Absolutely nailed two extra points. And then, in his one punt, bombed a 51-yarder in replace of an injured Brian Buscini. It was actually a really good punt. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the fact that they have two punters that I now trust, I feel pretty good about it. <laughs> wow. Do you cover Iowa? Jeez. Wow. By the, yeah. Uh they play in the Big Ten, guys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Sometimes you got to punt from the 28 of the opponent. Punting is winning. I don't know. I might get crushed for this, but uh, I mean, Casey Thompson was still 14 for 20, and he was under complete duress. Yeah, I'm fine with it. Yeah. They, I don't you know, know why you think they, you're going to get crushed. They, like, he, Jack, we give three of them in a game in they, which Nebraska lost by 35, they and they could have lost out. by 70. 14 for 20. He did get sacked four times, which... Isn't did, his fault did necessarily. Not, did not help. Uh, five attempts for two yards rushing. So, but that pa- that pass to Trey Palmer and that that whole first drive. Uh, and again, I know it didn't really. Uh, the The rest of the game didn't follow that script. But you know, he looked he looked good there. And now he's tied with I test Anthony Grant there for first place with the helmet stickers so far this year. So I give Casey Thompson my sticker. All right. What do you want to go with? Uh, the caller said the long snappers, so I'll just pass that on. Okay, that's fine. Uh, my second one was actually going to go to Casey Thompson. Oh, all right. Yeah, yeah, I don't know why you were so like ambivalent. Or, I think I've given know. him one every week because I've become kind of a for a season that's not going very well. I've become a big fan. Well, of I, like he he didn't play bad. There's obviously some other passes that I think he he could have made, but he was under pressure so much back there that there was not a lot he could do. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right, so Casey Thompson gets another one. Uh, Mike, who do you want to give your second one to? I am going to give my second helmet sticker to Trey Palmer with his uh, first touchdown catch of the season. Comes in, yeah, jeez, yep, comes in game four. Uh, He had a pretty good game. The fumble was, you know, not great, but it's it's probably the best game he's had uh, this season, and it came against the best team that they played and. That touchdown made people feel good, you know? Mm-hmm. It did. It gave you the sense that things could be okay in Lincoln, and then you turned your TV off and you had a nice day. All right. I'm giving my second one to Gabe Irvin, um, who we're oh. going to start seeing a lot more of. Now, he did. I mean, he quietly averaged eight yards a carry in that game. Um and he's going to get a shot. He's going to get a bigger shot now that A.J. Allen is injured. And this is going up. That was, if I recall correctly, Mike, wasn't Oklahoma the game last year where he got injured? Uh, that ended, yes, it was. Uh, yeah. Taking them it out. Was. So kind of facing the demons of that, I suppose. I know I'm stretching a little bit. But uh, I, I think he had a good game. And excited to see. Uh, hopefully he's able to keep that energy in the in the running back room that has been kind of a kind of a strength for this team this year. Uh, again, in, in things that haven't happened for a little bit of a while. So Gabe Irvin Jr. will get, I assume, his first uh, helmet sticker of the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, number one. All right, next one for you, Caleb. Mike, I agree with everything you said on Timmy Bleak Road, but I'm going Brian Buscini. He had a good game, too. He, he had a good game, and when he made a mistake, he cleaned it up. 
put his body on the line and had to visit the medical tent. And then he hobbled out and we're all going, wait a minute, wasn't he just in the medical tent? He can't walk, so he's hopping on one foot. Yeah, there's a lot of hopping. Then he lets off a decent punt and just still hops around. And it's like, why would this guy be allowed back on the football field right now? He, He went in and he did his job. And he, he cleaned up the mistake he had. Did he make a mistake on that punt, or was it just bad it, coverage from the unit? It, they wanted it more on the sideline. Okay. He All put right. it in the middle of the field. And that was something that Mickey said a- afterwards when asked about uh, if Bushini was okay. He said, yeah, it's just a sprained ankle. He'll be fine. Can't punt it in the middle of the field. And if he does, he's got to make that tackle. Well, he did. He did. All right. Mike, your final helmet sticker? Uh, I considered... Considered a lot of people here. I almost gave it to Garrett Nelson just to, to pump up my own stats a little bit. He did recover a fumble, but that feels That's wrong. Insider trading, and so that I'm not. not uh, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to give one to uh, to Chubba Purdy. He had his first hey, career touchdown. Yeah. He had a decent game uh, running the ball, and uh, yeah, there was an interception. But look, he got to play. Uh, we got to see him a little bit. It was fun. It added a little levity to uh, an otherwise miserable second half. Uh, I'll, I guess I'll ask you more about that here later. We need we need to and it ended a forty nine zero run. Um, I'm I, I am going to give. Look, I know the defense had their issues, but I'm still giving Luke Reimer one because uh, he got a got a big big ma- match, big match sack. City. He got a big match sack. Burgers, I have been baby. I have said on the show a couple of times. Uh, where I've said, where's he? You know, kind of where's he been? What's happened to him? And I think you actually explained a lot of it at the beginning of the show today when you talked about the defensive line being. You in don't a look like situation. a guy that eats Big Macs. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Uh, but but Reimer, uh, listen, I'm just living in the first seven minutes of that game and and reliving him over and over again. And he had a great first seven minutes of that game. Got him off the field. Yeah, yeah. and ended up did, he did have eight total tackles in in that as well. So uh, I'm going to give Luke Reimer his first one of the year, and that is it for your helmet stickers. New standings right now after we calculate today's in. Casey Thompson with the lead in seven. I test Anthony Grant at six. Brian Buscini at five. And then a tie for Travis Vogelek with three, all from the Northwestern. Palmer, Vogelek, and Allen. That's the thing. Just just get in the game. Get a lot of usage. Vogelek will run away with this. This is still anyone's season title to be had. Anybody is still available right now. And I know a lot of players are thinking about that, probably letting them drive them a little bit as they get ready for the Indiana (laughs) game. No doubt. 745 on KLIN. When you're thinking Huskers, it gets in your way. Call the traffic hotline 402-479-1414. That's another check of your time saver traffic. Five topics to get you going for game day. It's a special Friday edition of the Morning Drive on the Friday Husker Tailgate. All right, welcome back to the Friday Husker Tailgate. Mike Schaefer trying to decide how to word a Twitter poll about whether or not I look like someone who likes chili dogs or eats chili dogs. Or I've that. switched it from eats to likes. I don't, you are, we, are we okay with this? Is that, I, is that fine? I, you, <laughs> it's completely fine. The truth of the matter is I've never had a chili dog. So whatever people think is is going to be beside the point. Uh, all right, let's jump into our uh, morning drive, shall we? Brought to you by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management on KLIN. Number five. Well, found out on Sunday. Got more information from Mickey Joseph on Tuesday. Eric Chenander gone as defensive coordinator. Bill Bush coming in. What does that impact going forward? The final two-thirds of the season that's still to go. I'll turn it around to both of you. I think the, the problems seem to, to right now just be a lack of depth and, and replacing a lot of the key playmakers from last year. I don't. Bill Bush can't bring any more players in. And I, you know, I'm not saying Chenander was perfect by any means, but 
I've definitely got my expectations metered on how much difference he can make with the defense yeah. right now. Your personnel is your personnel, and if they can, you know, if they do get a little bit better fundamentally with tackles and and everything else, that's going to help the defense. I mean, playing Big Ten offenses will help the defense a little bit too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Iowa <laughs> at this at the same time got to hold up against the run. That's the biggest weakness on the team. Yeah, and that that was something that even Georgia Southern was able to exploit. <laughs> You know, and that's that's not their backup running back at a career day. Like that's that's not good. So hopefully, like you can't go through and fix some things that are that are built into some of these guys for two, three, four plus years. But hopefully, there's someone that that wants to step up. They they take to some of the changes, whether that is some of the tackling or the pace or just things going on in practice. I don't know how much it's going to change necessarily outcomes of any of the final games. I just I'm hoping though that it makes these games more bearable than what we've seen through the first four. All right, moving on. Number four. Booze at Pinnacle Bank Arena, not at Memorial Stadium. That's one of the things we'll find out in one week as the Nebraska Board of Regents votes on whether or not to allow alcohol sales at PBA for men's and women's basketball games this season. Is PBA a gateway drug to Memorial Stadium eventually? Is this is this just a matter of time at this point, guys? Do you think that? And, and I, I think it is. I think it is, barring it just being a complete disaster, because guess what? I think they're going to start to see some of the, the dough that they're making, especially City taking a 90% share on that? the PBA things. How about that split? Uh, City, yeah. City's taking that 90 they got some negotiators there, huh? <laughs> City taking a 90% share on those. Uh, and Because the amount that the university would be able to retain if they were able to get it at Memorial Stadium that's going to be very it's going to be very attractive when you're starting a new stadium project and paying off uh, buyouts and all of those sorts of things so I, I i think i think they want to wait and see how it goes i think they want to even appear, i think it's important that they even appear that they're doing this carefully um which is i think another thing and then i do think there's probably some just infrastructure yeah, questions to me the, it's a logistics thing i yeah. mean pba is set up for the <laughs> i mean they they do concerts like they right. can just. It's all set all up. It's all turn ready on to the go. tap. It's fine. Right. Uh, Memorial Stadium. I mean, they did it with the Garth Brooks concert, and which was I would uh, having been there, it was yeah. not super efficient. Right. And so it they, sounds like the cleanup was not the, yeah. the, the the easiest thing either. Logistically, they're going to have to figure things out with this. I mean, I think Memorial Stadium. I we're going to get into more of it. I'm sure. I'm fascinated yeah. in what ways they can kind of change that place because it's kind of landlocked and it's you've got classrooms and things in that south stadium now and so uh very curious how they can kind of make it because it can't have a concourse like it's not Mm -hmm. you know it's not going to have a walkability thing to it in the way that other newer stadiums do and i definitely want this for haymarket park because if you're talking about places that are set up for it that one makes more sense than any of them and Greg Sharp called me called me down yesterday on the show on this. He uh, he was saying, well, you know, keep in mind that's a different that's a different contract than PBA would be. Right. PBA is with 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 the arena and with the mm-hmm. city. Haymarket, uh, Haymarket Park would baseball would be with right. Haymarket Park and the Salt Dogs. In which the current split is a hundred percent to zero. Yes. So yeah. <laughs> so so I, negotiation would need to take care of it. I would I would so. not rule out that there's still an announcement before baseball mm-hmm. season comes that they're going to try this yep. there. Yeah. Which again, and I'll say this of the three sports. As somebody who's attends all of them as fans, uh, I'm I'm really barely interested in it for football for me personally. Um, yeah. Basketball a little more so. Baseball by far the most. I have often felt like 
the way that they could take advantage of Haymarket Park when there's not Salt Dog games or Nebraska games going on is that you allow it to be some sort of outdoor drinking area. People could show up, mingle, hang out, and they could get beer there, wander around, especially during the pandemic. That seemed like an easy, awesome way for people to be outside. Now they could actually do it at baseball games, potentially, for Nebraska. Fantastic. Hey, that's where we had our curse party. They did. The other thing we'll find out next Friday, uh, approval for a valued at over $300 million multimedia rights yeah. deal. We'll get into all of that fly during the 8 o'clock hour. Play fly. Play fly. <laughs> that is now the eighth <laughs> way I have heard it pronounced in this building. I did, it's okay. I was the first one on the air. I called it sports fly. You called it fly sports. Uh, we're going to figure it out at the some word point. fly anyway. is in there. Yeah. And we're all sports. Anyway. So neither of us are wrong. Well, they're going to be riding a big jack, that's for sure. Number three. A.J. Allen had surgery over the weekend, out for the rest of the season. He was the number two running back, spelling Anthony Grant. What does this do for that running back room and this offense as a whole going forward? Mm. How about that timing, writing the big check, A.J. Allen? We had just talked about that earlier Yeah, in the we did. We Fuck did. that money vest. I, You know, it's... Boy, of of all the things that have gone wrong, Nebraska having some depth of quality running backs has been one of the things that hasn't gone wrong. And there you go, you lose AJ Allen, and we'll see. I just gave Gabe Berman a um, a helmet sticker. He's he's probably the guy who is going to benefit in terms of playing times most from, most from this, right, Mike? Yeah, I I just want to say this is more lamenting just how bad of luck Nebraska's had as of late. It'd be really cool if some of their top offensive recruits and signees actually don't get hurt right away. Gabe Irvin last year out. Thomas Fedoni, we haven't seen play really. Teddy Prohaska, out. Like those are your your twenty twenty one and now AJ Allen twenty twenty two. Like just do we have to these guys need to be in bubble wrap for the first eighteen months of their career? What's going on? Yeah. Like just bad luck. I feel terrible. He's really good. Hopefully Nebraska keeps it. All right. Maybe a little more Yant, guys? Uh, does Yant get some shots because of Definitely this? Gabe. I hope we get Yant. Uh, maybe Ramirez maybe gets Ramir. off the milk carton. Yeah, that's a big at one some there. Point. I forgot about him. Yeah. That's, saying yeah. that's saying something. I, for, I, I, I don't I, understand. I legit I, forgot about him. I don't care like what has happened, how a guy who was your best player in a game against a team that went to the college football playoff last year yeah, he was. can't get on the field for you. Still weird. Doesn't make any sense, and especially with. And I don't. I don't care what position he's playing. It, like if you can't find a way to get Ramir Johnson on the field, the problem is you. Mm. Number two. Well, another position we did see Chuba Purdy get on the field this last week. Is he going to get a little bit more time, some first, more practice reps? Is first of all, what did you guys think of him? Game? What did you think of him from what you saw? Uh, it was kind of garbage time, but. frenetic. Yeah, a yeah. lot of uh, a lot of movement going on there. Yeah. In part because it felt like he'd take the snap and then had to avoid everything right That's away. That's true. Right. But that might just be the way Nebraska football works for the next eight games. So, uh, yeah, I, he's a guy that I think is going to be pretty interesting down the line. I think Casey's better right now. I don't know that there's – I don't have a lot of question about saying that. So yeah. uh, maybe we see more Chubba Purdy in the future, but I was fine with it. Uh, and you also compare that with just how calm Casey Thompson looks at all times. I, yeah. Yeah. it. He feels – I don't want to do the the whole Adrian Martinez comparison, but when Casey's out there, there is a level of calmness to the operation of that offense, even though the offensive line was a disaster last week. I mean, I, I really respect what Casey's done. So you say don't read into anything with him, with, with Chubba getting that time, right? Yeah. You, that's, that's yeah. 
I do, I do wonder if they, I know it was Frost mainly, I think, who was trying to get the quarterback run game involved more, but I do still wonder if they go back to that kind of, th- you know, try and get that package in for you gotta mix it Shaba in at some or, point. or if they're going to bring in Smothers occasionally. That'll be interesting, too. Number one. Uh, Big Ten, you did have Illinois play last week, and some other matches going on. This. Where, where are you guys at with the Big Ten? What, what are yeah, you, Illinois, you had a whole bunch of Big Ten teams well, play well, what, what are you guys watching in the Big Ten without having Nebraska this week? Uh, you know what's interesting to me? Well, you know, Ohio State plays Wisconsin. I'm not sure. How about Minnesota going to Michigan State? Is Minnesota is Minnesota the, the I mean, far and away the best team in the West? It's possible no. to say that right now. You don't think so? Uh, no, not yet. I mean, I they've got a really big game with Purdue coming up. Obviously, Purdue let that game ago against Syracuse, but... I think those two teams and, and Wisconsin are sort of your, one of them is going to represent the Big Ten West. Traffic hotline 402-479-1414. That's another check of your time saver traffic. I'm Chris Lofgren. job the day before a Husker game. What a finish to this football game. Memorial Stadium upside down right now. Stroud back in the pocket, being rushed, gets hit as he throws down the field. It's going to be intercepted. Miles Farmer at the 15-20 up the sideline. Rocked out of bounds. Flag comes out. This is the Friday Husker tailgate with Jack Mitchell, Caleb Henry, and Mike Schaefer. Brought to you by Syracuse Area Health, Strasburger Orthopedics on 1499.3 KLIN. First, your fantasy Huskers keyword for a chance at a $100 prize pack from Valentino's at Alumni Hall. Ah, yes, it is time to give away that final pick on Weekend Trist Fantasy Huskers Week. Your chance, still one more chance for you to grab one team for the weekend and, you know, just maybe have a little something different and then go back to to, to what you're used to and your one true love, the one that you're dedicated to, but spice it up for one weekend with another team. And you have that opportunity now with Fantasy Huskers. What do you need to do? Well, if you get a pick, we're going to ask you to pick a top 25 AP team. Go to the AP pool and just Google all the teams. Pick the one that is going to score the most points this week. Uh, We do believe, although nine teams are gone, that there is still a few decent opportunities out there for a 10th team. And when we've done, I'll tell you this, when we've done these bi-week games where you pick another team uh, to do something, either win big or get a big score or those sorts of things, it almost always does not go according to plan. So be aware of that. If you want that final pick, you just need to send us a text to the Rickstein Recognition text line with the keyword. It's the key that's going to get you into the pick, hopefully, if you're the lucky one who gets it. But you got to have the key first. The keyword is prize. Prize. P-R-I-Z-E. Prize. Text that in the Rickstein Recognition text line at 402-479-1400. Do we have our ninth pick in already, or do you want to say Yes, that? other Julie took Ole Miss. I like that pick. We've got two Julies on the I like that pick. Lane Lane knows he's auditioning for a job in Lincoln. (laughs) You got to impress. You got to impress the Nebraska Where's the likability on Lane? Uh, He's... For me, I, I was just telling... uh, I think I said this during one of our breaks. You might have heard. You did. I heard it. I think he's... He's... I can't... 
I don't know that I can think of a higher likability coach All right. than Lane right now, which is kind of crazy how he's revived his career in a good way. Because it, I remember mentioning... Uh, he his, became fun on social media, and suddenly he's just fun over When they hired Riley, yeah. I remember sort of mentioning that, as, and people were like, the, they were not fans of that at that point. But I wanted him to be hired by Colorado because I thought that would be really fun because I think he would do very well there. Well, Colorado's going to hire somebody pretty soon, that's for sure. If they can uh, afford to buy geez. out Carl Durrell. Yikes. Yeah, yes, I, 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 put out a, I put out a tweet this this week, and we're going to get to Jeff Ball in a second. It was right after the Nebraska game, ended, and Colorado was already down like 21-0 to Minnesota. And I had the, uh, I made the bad choice of saying, is Colorado one of the worst Power 5 teams ever right now? And then all the Nebraska fans came in and made sure I knew that Nebraska's having a bad season, and how dare I say something like that about a team with the honor of Colorado. So. Where would Scott Frost taking the Colorado job rank oh among the most ridiculous oh things of all time? Because you know who's on the schedule next year? Nebraska. Colorado. Yeah, Nebraska and Colorado play each oh, other. Uh, that is a that is a scenario I had. He's just like, oh, I've got a really good buyout. Hey, so listen. why don't I just do this and save you some money, you- and I get Nebraska on my schedule right away. Listen, you know, I mean, I've got my feelings about Colorado. This feels like a wrestling heel turn. I, I, I've got my feelings about Colorado. I grew up in the night, you know, grew up in the nineties, and so I definitely have my thoughts on Colorado. But just strictly, strictly, if you're evaluate now, if you have a, if you're a coach and you have a job metric like I'm making, vice versa, Colorado gets high points in scenicness. Oh, it's like the best. scenicness, uh, getaways, hobbies, which I know, uh, you know, it's not. That's not what uh, Trev Alberts wants to see with the hobbies here, but that'd be a good one too. So, oh, that's a scenario I hadn't thought of. You're blowing my mind today, Mike. <laughs> Our right. first chili dogs, and now Scott Frost in Colorado. All right, let's go to uh, Jeff Mall Lincoln Convention and Visitors Bureau here. Uh, just to get a little, little bit of a gauge on what's going on here during the weekend. Good morning, Jeff. How are you doing today? Good morning. How are you? Good. Glad. Good. Glad to have you uh, with us. How's everything going at the LCVB right now? going really good my friend uh great show today by the way great topic good laughter in the car had to pull over a couple times been fun been fun guys wow the the, the, the literal pull over to keep you driving (laughs) safely we're making you laughing so that is that is good to hear that is that is very good to hear Uh, things are good things are good we got a lot of fun things going on and we can talk about some things that people can cope this weekend going into next as we continue to try to get through all this. got a weekend off to get your mind right you know to, whether it's uh to just going away for football or getting a new team to cheer for in fantasy huskers for one weekend whatever it is uh yeah. but also some time maybe to do some things in and around the capital city for instance what could some of those things be big big time in, in lincoln this weekend with music lincoln calling 2022 takes the stages across the downtown area LincolnCalling.com, various times Friday and Saturday. Great music. This it, this event continues to grow. You know, made it through the pandemic when it was a virtual event, and now we're back in live. So get to downtown Lincoln, enjoy Lincoln Calling. Incubus, great band, great music since coming together in 1991. We'll take to the stage at Pinewood Bowl tonight. Jack, are you going? I kind of thought you were at Incubus. God, I should, shouldn't I? Right. I wish you were here. Ah, that's Incubus, right? Yeah, that's Incubus. You got it, man. Yeah. Nailed it. Nailed it. So All Incubus right. tonight. Doors open at 7, show at 8 o'clock. Tickets are still available. Beautiful night. Yeah. Roca Berry Farm presents Scary Farm Nights, our first little peek at the uh, Halloween time coming up. So that is going hey, on this weekend. Did, real quick on that, Journal Star did a, did a story on the guy who plays like the evil clown who's like the leader 
of the scary yeah. people, and it was it was oddly fascinated, fascinating to me that guy's life and passion for scaring people uh, at Roca Roca Berry Roca Scary Farm. So it's that time of year. I wonder what he'll be yeah, packed. I wonder what that what that guy does with the rest of his year. I mean, <laughs> just, is he the nicest guy in the world or what? Just just wears the clown suit around home. Probably gets <laughs> yeah. ready. <laughs> right, balloons out of gutters and streets. Yeah, anyway, um, eighth <laughs> annual Starbecue at Branched Oak Observatory. My friend Matt Anderson's putting on a great event tomorrow night, 5 to 11 o'clock. Stop out for uh, the 501st Legion Central Garrison, a Star Wars anachronism group. Great opportunities to see the night sky as darkness comes in. Love the folks out of Branch Oak Observatory. And then taking a quick peek in next week, we are kicking off, kicking off our Lincoln Craft Beer Week. Yes. 14 venues across the community are participating, Jack, this year. And, uh, I mean, you can go over to Lincoln.org, our website, and we've got a great lineup of great things to do at uh, 14 different breweries uh, throughout the week. Nice. The brewery boom in Lincoln has been uh, good to the city over the last 10 years or so. I, I'm old enough to remember, Jeff, it was like uh, it was like the Empyrean, the Laszlo's people, which did a great job and yep. have for a long time, and that was, that was kind of it. And that was only like 10, 12 years ago, not that long ago. So Yeah, there was a brewery downtown before it was Misty's. There across from the Embassy Suites, there was a brewery oh, in there. Oh, okay. <sighs> I don't remember that. Somebody will text it to me. Somebody will text yeah. it to me. Yeah, so log on, Lincoln.org. Our Craft Beer Week is ready to go next week, and uh, we hope people celebrate responsibly and enjoy what we put together. All right, great. Hey, thank you very much, Jeff. Have a great weekend, and we will catch up with you again next week, all right? All right, thanks, guys. There you go, Jeff Mall from the Lincoln Convention and Visitors Association. Hey, I did. I, I did. I was going to say this here at the beginning, and and uh, I've mentioned it the other hours, but I know we got people coming in and out, and and people may notice. Hey, uh, Mike, Caleb, me, and and Kenny is is doing the production today. Um, uh, just wanted to mention Brendan Stye not here, uh, and he's not going to be here for the rest of the season. Uh, decision is is for him to focus a hundred percent on his his full time gig uh, of fundraising for the University of Nebraska athletic department. Some of the stuff we're going to talk about here in the next couple of segments is going to tell you why that is such an important uh, job right now with some new projects getting started with the University of Nebraska Athletic Department. We're disappointed to see him go. He's been a part of the show now for uh, over four years and and his insight, stories, passion for the program really played a huge part in I think the success of this show and, and making it a show that we've all been very proud of. And so we appreciated that so much going forward. Show's going to stay the same. Good time to mention again. We've got uh, Mike Schaefer who's joining us and uh, saying that I look like somebody who would like chili dogs a lot, even though I've never had one. And he's going to keep going with us, may bring some other special guests in. Uh, we're still going to bring you the same fun that we brought on the Friday Husker tailgate and insight for many, many years. This is an old, long, long time show. Uh, and we're going to keep it going here for you on KLI and take you through the season that's really going to be like no other that we've ever experienced around here. Guys, we uh, we touched in the uh, morning drive a little bit on uh, on on the, the, the booze thing with PBA and Memorial Stadium and, and all of that. But the other two big announcements, and we might need to kind of sp- spread these out over a couple of segments in terms of the discussion, uh, but had to do with stadium renovations. And and the reason that the stadium renovations were on the agenda yesterday or the agenda for a week from today is is a little bit kind of in the weeds in the construction biz uh, in the university poly, policy biz in terms of what the order has to go in in terms of having a project manager and a plan that submitted it 
if you're really interested in that, we can, we can get into that. But the bottom line is they're taking the beginning steps to go into the next phase of Memorial Stadium renovations. And then we have the multimedia rights um, uh, announcement yesterday. Let's uh, let, let's hit first on the second one that I mentioned. I want to spend the, the, the next segment talking uh, a little bit about, because uh, we have a bye week, we have no opposition disposition this week, talk a little bit about the stadium. Uh, but on the multimedia rights, Caleb, I, I just want to start with you. I know you delved right into that. Um, that contract with the new company, three hundred million over fifteen years, uh, going to get started um, almost immediately for some parts of it, mm-hmm. and then some of it's going to take a little bit later. Uh, what we got people listening, of course, who, who listen to Husker Sports, who listen to our games being carried on on Husker Sports. That's kind of that first point of contact with something with multimedia rights, even though it's a lot bigger than that. How do you think people are going to notice, going to feel, hopefully, what are things getting better um, with this new deal? Well, hopefully, whenever there is a change in the multimedia rights, people don't really notice, especially on our end where it's the the radio product. Um, that we noticed when, obviously, Nebraska brought things in-house. The football broadcast was, was the, the pregame was a little bit shorter. So you notice some things like that, but you still had the same voices. The, the, the broadcast as a whole still sounds the same. Now, overall for the department, when you're looking at more than $18 million a year guaranteed, uh, the value is at around about $20 million a year over 15 years. There will be a nine-month transition period beginning October 1st going into this next summer. That's a big deal. That like the, the amount of money that is with that seven and a half million dollars within a signing bonus. You've also got two and a quarter million going towards name, image, likeness, and they'll they'll figure out exactly how they're going to work that. But there's so much money involved with this. Whenever people talk about was it a was it a good idea for Nebraska to join the Big Ten? We learned yesterday from from Trev Alberts talking with a number of folks in the media that. Because they were having the conversations with Playfly Sports at the time that USC UCLA joined, that had an impact on their contract. So with Nebraska being part of this league, where now you're going to be getting that giant television deal, which is separate from this one as being part of the league, you're looking at Nebraska every year starting out on their budget, 100 to $120 million just from their media their their MMR rights or their multimedia rights deal and the television deal. Yeah, this is this is separate, of course, from that Big Ten television yeah. money. This but, is one the, the the university can separately negotiate these multimedia yes. rights that include, and it's a lot more than just radio. We focus right, a yeah, lot we on, focus that. on that. It's, but uh, it's all the signage in the in the stadiums, all of obviously the commercials that they have for that, a lot of sponsors they have for different things. So you go through, and there's a lot that goes into having a uh, an MMR partner and. There is the opportunity when you bring something in-house that you cut out the middleman for all of it. Well, it's also nice to just go have that guaranteed money and you not have to be the one that's staffing all of the salespeople to make sure everything gets done where your bottom line is based on how much you can get done yourself. Right. I, I am I am glad to see uh, you know an ex- extensive deal like this being signed because there's not there's not a ton of entities out there that provide these you know this whole bundle of services that Nebraska is going to get with this and Nebraska's kind of been through 
<laughs> through a few of them, right? You you cut ties with one of them. Right. You had what looked like a deal with another one that ended up falling through at this point. And so, you know, you started to be a little concerned. At least I did. I don't know if anybody else thought about this, but I wondered about bargaining position hmm. on, on something like this. It doesn't look from the face of the deal like that had a whole lot of impact. And and I think what's the name of the company? I'm going to forget. Play it Fly Sports. Play Fly Sports. I've got to remember that. Fly but, Sports Play. But play play fly sports, but I, play sports. I think there there probably was they saw a whole lot of, a whole lot of value in Nebraska and enough value that Nebraska the deal that they're getting on the guaranteed money going forward they're at the top they're at the top of the list they're they're right there with what the top programs in the country are getting for their MMR deals mm-hmm. if not number one they're top five easy okay. when you say MMR I think measles mumps rubella okay like the vaccine. We're talking sports here. No, I know, but when you say that, that just, it sounds like you're talking about a vaccine. Okay, so well, just, I, we're trying to avoid vaccine talk. This is a sports it, yeah, show. For one day, for one day, <laughs> wow. we're off of vaccine talk. Uh, I want to throw out there that one of the reasons that moving away from in-house media, something that Nebraska will be able to do, um, having an outside media source, you're going to be able to have NIL opportunities where guys can basically or gals can make money as athletes by just doing radio appearances. Mm-hmm. You can essentially have it set up where uh, pick a sponsor, you know, runs of Valentino's, whoever can essentially have an NIL money that just goes to a weekly or a daily spot where quick five minute interview that athlete gets paid for it. And it's an NIL thing that's just baked into your whole program. There so, are so many things you're able to do with it out of house. Yeah, with when it, it, with when it, it out of in house, you couldn't do any of it. Right, it, right. it, it, it really part, cut into their ability to do. So that. you've got that part with name, image, likeness, and then I guess just from what people are able to hear, your broadcasts like Sports Nightly are able to talk more recruiting. Mm-hmm. You know, just there's the things that you can't do when it's within the university. Yep. Interesting. So, so just to clarify what Mike's saying, so people understand it, you're talking about on on the on on the flagship show, which is Sports Nightly, yeah. uh, which, which yeah. you hear on, yeah. here on KLIN. There were restrictions, and, and Caleb, I'm sure you can talk to this too. That you, you just referred to it that there were certain things. If it was in house, if it was an, a, a, basically an entity of the university instead of a contractor mm-hmm. of the of the University of Nebraska Athletic Department. That change it just changes some things in terms of your ability for whether it's content for whether it's Mike what Mike was talking about nil deals and those sorts yeah, of things. yeah so like you know for instance the amigos ranch superstar of the week could be Casey Thompson for having a good game and then he will collect money for doing that interview for that segment next okay. week it could be a bowler the week after that it could be an air rifle you know it's like it's an easy way to make sure that the athletes in your uh, sports department are getting extra yeah. money. I mean, we, and you can you can then pitch that out for all of your sports as a recruiting pitch. How significant is Caleb referenced it? That in, in another part of this deal is simply an NIL contributions to an NIL fund uh, that's in the the seven digits here with this. And Huge. Uh, th- th- is that uh, well? I wasn't wanted to ask. Is that is that is that something that other schools are getting in these deals? I don't know how many of that's happening. Is that make a big? Does that really move the needle financially? And what was all, from what was already available? How big? Well, you said huge, but I mean, I'm just, just, just having that. a larger pot of money that you can then divvy up and, and work out back towards the players. I mean, I, 
And so there's there's two different types of NIL. There's basically the NIL to encourage someone to come to your program. And then there's the reinforcement NIL, which I think is equally as valuable because one of the things that you saw play out for programs across the country, if teams are going into the transfer portal and it's rumored as to what the package is for this player to sign with your team, but then you have guys on the team already and they play the same position, and it's kind of like, well, what about us? Mm-hmm. I mean, you got to take care of the people you already have, too. Mm-hmm. And so stuff like this allows you to do that a little mm-hmm. bit more easily. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything to add to that, Caleb, on the NIL part of no, it? No, just the part where, where you're asking how big of a deal is this. Everyone else is going to start seeing this in their contracts. Like yeah. th- This is something that and you're going to see. Um, and obviously, Learfield's the one that Nebraska used to be part of, and they, they're the one that's got a lot of others, especially like in Ohio State. If this isn't in their contract already, it's going to be on the next round of negotiations. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. You know, if they're signing 15 year contracts like this, though. Well, then you uh, try to go to them and you try to renegotiate early where you add extra years on the back end. And I mean, if if you're smart. Yeah. I just, I had never thought of, of course, you know, money is coming. There are sources of money that are putting, that are creating these pools of money for NIL. I didn't necessarily think of, and probably my fault for, but as the multimedia partner being one of the sources. Yeah. Of, oh, of it, that money. It's easy because some of what you have to do is you have to be able to show the NCAA that these players aren't just being paid to be here. Yeah. So if there's a, a weekly amount that goes or a, a you know an amount for every one of those interviews, it makes it then pretty easy to be you're creating content, you're taking care of the players, That's you're true. inducing them to That's do it. True. That's like true. It, it all sort of adds together. Like it's yeah. a very seamless process. Mm-hmm. Whereas what more so uh, than a previous thir- a collectives party. were doing um, makes it a little bit hard. Yeah. What for those who who aren't too embedded in this? There was news that came out. I don't and think God we help ever... you if you are embedded in it because it's a mess. Yeah. But... <laughs> we we um, I don't even know that we touched on it on on this show, but there was an, there was an announcement that there is a new um, nil group and and. Um, from what I understand, this is something that the university is kind of backing, and in it, an effort it, to sort of pool everything towards it. And because it, it's it's a nonprofit is the other part of it. This, this particular collective, what yeah. is it? The the Big Red Collective is that? Yeah, it it, it used big? to be the Big Red Fan Club, and then now I think it's now the Big Red Collective. Okay, uh, I think they shifted a few things to sort of meet um, what Nebraska wanted, and I think that they pulled in other people from another collective. That was basketball based to then kind of push this all together. It's run by uh, former Nebraska Husker Lance Brown, I believe is uh, no the is, kicker. It's uh, Chris, Brown. Chris Brown. Yeah, there's yeah. there's just there's so Lance many Brown everything. was Studio 14. Yeah. yeah, that's right. <laughs> there's just a lot of Browns. At yeah, Nebraska. there have been there, there there have been, and that that kind of but that I mean, and, and I don't think I'm speaking out of turn here, but you know I think there's probably I think there's a lot of competition in that world, and there was a lot of competition in that world for existing entities mm-hmm. who wanted to well, wanted to capitalize on this now, and then now you've got the university kind of coming out or the athletic department kind of coming out and and uh, to some degree christening well, this particular effort. And they they needed to do that because behind the scenes there's been no shortage of issues with people that have been unhappy with how things have gone and they would go to people in the athletic department it's like there's nothing they can do that's not they're that's not, not the ones running it so it's like what they can't enforce anything they don't right. they might have sway to an extent but not a, is that any different now though uh no but if you're you're sort of trying to funnel where that money goes and it makes it a little bit easier 
Yeah. I would imagine yeah. you you have a better understanding of these things. Uh, uh, more generally on the NIL topic, it's still. T- t- I don't think I'm a fuddy-duddy when it comes to NIL necessarily. You're a fuddy-duddy for using the word fuddy. <laughs> that's fair. That's that's definitely fair. But but I'm I'm not. But the the the, the, the th- I want there to be a quid pro quo for players when they are creating value mm-hmm. for someone to be reimbursed for it. But I don't. But to me, that is something very different than essentially. Uh, having a, 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 a pool of money there for a player that isn't providing anything, but, just, but when they when they come into a university, so you're talking about the concept as to how it was pitched, not the concept as to how it's played out. I mean, yeah, because but, the, well, NCAA it's the NCAA negated, fault. it's the NCAA's well, yeah. fault, yeah. And they they purposely did this because it was like, okay, you're going to make this a big deal, and and we're going to be the bad guys. You figure it out. Like the it's concept, not our problem. The, the original concept, as I described it, there a, a quid pro quo sure. concept. Well, that was the idea. All the sense in the it makes sense to me. That was the idea, but then it became like, well, if there aren't standards for this, and we can just pool a bunch of money and just. Apply it how Just we want. Just say there's a fifty thousand know, dollar. Anybody who commits gets a fifty thousand dollar sure. grant. Or it whatever. no longer becomes like, oh, this guy's selling T-shirts with his face on it. Yeah. Or this person has a YouTube channel. Like all the reasons that it was brought forth relative to how it has played out. But that's, I mean, that's how these things work. Yeah. Is it too? How far down that road is? I mean, now what though? You know. Well, there's there's always going to be shifts. I mean, I there's rumors that at some point the NCA will push for universities to take it in-house and then they'll be in charge of it and so therefore you could have certain standards that everybody has to follow. I mean, it's just it they basically punted on creating any sort of uniformity and this is where we are now. I want the Decoldus Crawford commercials. I want the fullback from Kansas doing, uh, what was it, Chili's commercials. Oh, Applebee's. Applebee's commercials. Do you, do you want more uh, Brian Buscini kick away decay for uh, a dentist here in town? Oh, I haven't seen that one. That was so when oh, he, yes, I saw that when he, he talked uh, this spring, he talked about, you know, it was his first like media appearance. He talked about why he wanted to come to Nebraska. Someone like. In behind me is like, hey, have you had any NIL opportunities? And he starts talking about how a dentist approached him with the tagline "Kick away decay," and it's still one of my favorite things because he's just walking around with a helmet in their office. And- <laughs> <laughs> That's what I want, or gear, or you know, shirts or personalized no. gear and that kind of th- that. Well, that was the That's idea. the stuff where I think it was. The the system was 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 unfair. But then it becomes how can we make sure that we use this to our advantage instead of how can we make right. sure that the student athletes can get paid. For Those are two different work. things. Those right. are yeah. two different things. But that's what happens, you know, know, when no one creates a set of standards and when the governing body is like, eh, you figure yeah. it out. All right, we have no opponent this week. This is the bye week, and so I want to talk about another thing that is on that region's schedule, and that has to do with the. Uh, some changes coming to Dramatic the Dramatic reading Stadium. of the uh, region's agenda. Ooh. You can do that if you want oh, to. No. We're going through that entire it, we're going through that entire multimedia rights contract. It's like seventeen pages. Seven and a half million. Whereas <laughs> say thirty-four. We got more Friday Husker Tailgate coming up next. KLIN. When you're thinking Huskers. Boy, Nebraska bitches. Sooner, perhaps reaching the seventies. If they stick around for longer, maybe stuck in the 60s. For the Trinlight Storm Alert team, I'm meteorologist Malcolm Byron. Do you know your foe? Well, we'll introduce you, but we can't guarantee you'll get along. It's the Friday Husker Tailgates Opposition Disposition on Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1499.3 KLIF. 
Actually, there's no game today or tomorrow, so we're not going to do that. We'll look at it in Indiana next Well, week. here's the thing. What we should have done was, do you know Nebraska? Because Mickey Joseph said this week is Nebraska versus Nebraska. Oh, that's true. I hadn't that. That's very meta. I don't know. I the don't think that Mickey might not understand is every week is Nebraska versus Nebraska. <laughs> That's a great level. point. That is a great point, Mike. We do have the Twitter army ready to make sure that I am not being too negative about anyone else while Nebraska is doing well. Yes, it is. Oh, did I mention how annoyed I was by that? Okay, I you don't really ever mention when you're annoyed. Yeah, it's it's, it's very true. Uh, uh, so I wanted to talk in lieu of op- uh, opposition disposition. We'll get to Indiana next week, and that'll be a fun one, by the way. Uh, but but I want to get to the other thing that made news yesterday. We talked a bunch about the multimedia rights, but Memorial Stadium, reno- I should say renovate. I don't know if expansion, renovation, I'm not sure quite the, the right way to describe what they want to do is, and I think they're trying to figure that out. That's part of why the regents are taking a look at it on Friday is because they want to develop a plan before they really go forward with this thing, and they want to hire consultants and and develop that plan which is a little bit about out of order as i understand it with what is allowed by university bylaws right now so they're just act asking I, I don't i don't see it as a controversial thing whatsoever but i think they're just they're just trying to get their ducks in a row to find out exactly what can be done what needs to be done it's not like they've already it, there's a little bit of an assessment that needs to happen first in terms of where you go because typically guys when you're doing this it's about adding more seats right <laughs> it's about last time nebraska did this that East Balcony was was a result. Which, by the way, a uh, great place to watch a game. Great place, phenomenal. I know, I know, Mike. You're in the press box normally, but the East. That do you agree? Yeah. If I'm not in the press box, I want to be up there on the uh, six. Because level. it's the most like the press box. Pr- probably. Well, okay. Now I'm just used because to it because you get the view of that, and you sort of have your own independent accommodations that yes. no one else has to worry it's about. Room, it's just roomy. hammering yeah. Mountain Dew. For Again, three it's hours. the most like the press box. So of course, I think the East Stadium would be where I. <laughs> it's roomy. Watch. It's roomy. It is there. Are, now the, there are. They're still obviously lines and stuff for for bathrooms and concessions, but they're not nearly as bad. But I've gotten to the point now, it's a little weird, where I sort of really, not insist, but I really prefer that big, wide, up-top view of a game Sunset as opposed shots to the lower ones. For the night I got you I see I had no filter on that one even that I took Gorgeous. Dur- during the Georgia Southern game. It was very nice. It was very nice. I'm a fan of that. But I guess the question is guys, in lieu of adding more seats because that's typically what expansion projects have been, what's left? What's left at Memorial Stadium? Is this is this going to be more do you think about just sort of improvements in the uh, the sort of logistical situation that exists right now for various things, or is it about adding some bells and whistles? Do you think? Um, it, it, and it's hard to tell. I know they've been seeking out opinion with that with that uh, survey that the athletic department did, and that would lead you to believe that bells and whistles are something that they're looking at, but. I don't know, Mike, what do you think's on the table here when you think about what expansion could look like? Yeah, I, I look at sort of what stadiums are doing, and, and some of it is creating um, some potential like standing room hangout spots. I mean, I, part of it is if, if you're going to do this and you're going to incorporate alcohol in it, then you may, you know, if you're taking out seats in South Stadium, maybe towards the top up there, you create a spot where there's, you know, uh, a couple different areas that you're getting beer or getting drinks and people can stand up there and watch from looking down at that angle from the end zone. I mean, stuff like that. Like, I, I don't, I don't know beyond expanding 
uh, area size and and removing seats that way. Uh, people want chair backs. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know what what other amenities you can really do with their stadium because you can't just tack a concourse on that allows for visibility when you walk around it like yeah. you're at uh, what used to be TCF and is now some other bank in Minnesota up okay. there. I mean, one of the great things about that stadium is that you can stand up there, get your stuff, see everything as it's going on, and you're not like tucked behind a wall where you have right. no idea what's happening. So we were up in the balcony. I went to Minnesota last year. Yeah. I went to the game. We were in the balcony opposite the press box, and they had you know like a they had they didn't have a huge concession stand, but they had like a a beer cart and yeah. they had some other concessions. and And I was up pretty high, uh, but I just walk up the stairs. I'd stand there and wait in line. But while I'm waiting in line, you're watching. I'm watching yeah. the gate. Yeah, standing you, up. You don't really, and I I don't see any way that you can renovate the stadium to sort of create this similar effect. Uh, so I think you kind of have to put it in like South Stadium if you're going to change something there. Yeah, and I and I, even I just, then I don't, I don't know, know how well that would look feasible or yeah. or possible. That's so the the problem I have with Memorial Stadium, and I, I'm not saying or suggesting that they play anywhere else or do anything else, but it is limited in what you can actually renovate. It's limited in what you can actually do. I mean, you sort of are at the end of your your area in terms of. Um, you know, you can't expand it out much, and you can't really make it a more visible experience for people when they try to go get concessions. Yeah. See, for me, for me, and I answered the survey this way, I'm not super interested in, like, ultra-premium areas. There was a lot about that in the Well, in yeah, because that's how they make money. Yeah. I know they're interested in they make and money, but I'm not, I'm not paying for that stuff. Part of it so. to me is, like, the fans that you need to worry about, in a lot of ways, are the ones that fill the 70% of the stadium that don't are never going to sit in a, a suite. I'm know, thinking like, about what they could do because I will be honest. I will be honest. If I have an opportunity to go to a game, there are, you know, it depends on the game, but I have to think twice about it, right? Yeah. Uh, and I'm trying to think what they could do, what you could change at the stadium for me to almost never think twice about it. If the team it. was good, that would be team a would be good would be a huge one, and that's the biggest one. But I'll tell you what, if they ripped out all those wooden benches and put chairs the entire stadium with seatbacks on it, that be that that would be a starter. Mm-hmm. That would be maybe the maybe the biggest thing. I don't know. I'm not too worked up about parking. Maybe some people are, but I, there's not a lot you can do with no, that. No, there's, there's not is a lot. But there. I don't. I just don't. Uh, you know, maybe I just like getting my steps in or something. But there's just enough places you can find. Last when I go to a game, you know where I park? Why well, I, I went to Georgia Southern. Parked in a meter downtown. That they quit collecting for at six o'clock, over by the Cornhusker. So you're going to say the Malone Center, and that gives you a nice little you know walk through campus. There. No, but but I've also there also have been good. There's some actually good pace pay lots there yeah. too. I don't think I, I don't think I'm, I'm not sure what they heard on the. Re- but that's not a huge thing that bothers me. It's, no, I think it's comfort, and it's how can you create this an experience that's at least worthwhile going to versus staying home or going to a bar right yeah. and, and some of that is like in-game stuff that you know doesn't have anything to do with the physical control allowing people to, to when there's breaks in the action instead of you know celebrating every single thing on every single break in the action yeah. maybe go to a live game somewhere if that'd it's interesting cool. cut-ins breakaways that kind of cool. thing not yeah. as the action's going on but when no. you have a break in it yeah, that'd be cool. And and, and I'll t- I don't know if you guys have noticed this there. You guys probably have great Wi-Fi in the in the press box. Up we in do not. Tower. 
But at least I don't. I don't know. Whatever they did from my one experience of going to a game this year, whatever they did with both the Wi Fi and the signal for T Mobile around the stadium better. is massively better. It's good. Massively better. That's important. Massively better. It, let me let me give you an idea to a point, and I know every time I said that during the uh, about the Georgia Southern game, I, I mentioned it, and there was always some smarty pants in the, again, Nebraska fan making me want to realize how bad it is. He said, oh, it's because there's fewer people here at this game. Okay. Uh, uh, number one, it's, I've, uh, I, there were games, there have been games in the past, I can't get a text out. I, I, I mean, it yeah. does the thing with the exclamation right, point. Right, This, <laughs> What? You love it. No. Were you being sarcastic? What's happening? Are we? Am I being made fun of right now? I've never had a problem texting out that's the good. stadium. Okay. Do you have T-Mobile? No. Right. Oh. Maybe that's part of the problem. But <laughs> I a just lot of people because have you that. explained it as the thing with the exclamation point. It gives you the little red exclamation point. It doesn't go through, and yeah, you have to say like, try again. Yeah. I couldn't even do that. And you know what I was doing this time while I was waiting for the Nebraska Georgia Southern game to kick off? An extreme disappointment to set in from that. I was watching Iowa lose to Iowa State mm. on my phone. In great mind numbing sure. high definition, and they could have put it up on the the screen. They actually right do pre, in pregame. Right. They put some of them up sometimes. Yeah, they, I feel like they don't do it consistently. It's not super consistent. Yeah, so that would be that would be another big thing to me, and has been a a big thing to me. I just quality of food and stuff. They get into. It's, I don't care. I give have to a, assume it's someone stale, a right? Like they I haven't really introduced anything there. There's all those things about that. I don't know. And then the other thing is, give me a pacing section. I don't like to sit down during games. I want a place where I can walk around nervously and, you know, sell the tickets to them separately. You want the beer area. It's yeah, like, honestly, I mean, maybe that's course. what that is. I mean, it's like the old smoking sections, but it's a pacing section. I think that'd be really nice. People walking around, sort of nervous, swaying a lot. All right, take 48. <laughs> take a break. Uh, we got our picks coming in. Uh, we got we're doing. Uh, by the way, since no husk game, we're going to pick the exact score of Ohio State Wisconsin oh. coming up this week again. sooner. Perhaps reaching the seventies if they stick around for longer. Maybe stuck in the sixties. For the Channel Light Storm Alert team, I'm meteorologist Malcolm Byron. Bragging rights mean everything to these guys, so let the trash talk begin. It's time to call your shot in the Friday Husker Tailgate Pickskin Picks of the Week. Brought to you by Exchange Bank on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, Fantasy Huskers completed for the week just in terms of the picks at least. Our final pick was awarded to Tom. And Tom took BYU. They play Wyoming? Yeah. I really get excited. We're a little early yet. I get really excited about especially especially the uh the late night Wyoming Utah State mountainous region games because I'm excited for snow games uh when they happen, but especially in in Wyoming and in some of those areas. So I don't I think we're a little early for that. Uh, but nonetheless, so BYU is on the board. So real quick, tell everybody who they got. So Julie got Georgia, Coach ANC State, Ron Alabama, Ryan H. USC, Gryffindor, Steph, Oklahoma, Sean, Miami, Craig, Penn State, Marie Pitt, other Julie, Ole Miss, Tom, BYU. And I apologize to the second Julie. Uh, other Julie is just kind of what you ended up with. We're going to jump into the picks here for a second, but the games that we aren't picking, I just want to throw out and just get quick thoughts here from you guys. Not, I mean, you don't necessarily have to pick them, but there there are some interesting Big Ten games here this week. Maryland at Michigan. 
I, I mean, I, I think we all expect Michigan to win that game, but Maryland can put up points. They got a pretty good last win last week against SMU. I wonder how much they push Michigan, who's had just an unbelievably ridiculously easy schedule to start this season. Yeah, I uh, thought that Michigan could be a choice in the. Uh, the I thought they were too. I thought it was too obvious. I thought it was too obvious. I don't know. I've seen Maryland give up some. Maryland has given up some insane point totals since being. Oh, a choice in terms. I got you. I see. I see what you mean. I thought you meant. Yeah. Yeah. That nobody took Um, it for fantasy Huskers. uh, Central. Yeah, that's what I meant. Central Michigan at Penn State. Eh. Minnesota, Michigan State. I think that's one of our picks games. Indiana at Cincinnati the week before. Ooh, the week before Nebraska plays Indiana. Is Indiana going to get? Wrecked. Uh, I know I'm not supposed to say this. Cupcake. Is Indiana going to get smoked in this game? Yes. Yes. Ooh, all right. Uh, yeah. Uh, we uh, let's see. Do we have Iowa Rutgers in our our thing? No. Uh, yeah, no, we don't. Yeah, that's a that's an interesting one. Uh, stay tuned. I may I may have a mention. Two Australia game. punters in that uh, one. Miami Ohio. Wow. Miami Ohio at Northwestern. <laughs> and uh, Florida Atlantic at Purdue or your other Big Ten games that we will not talk about in the picks. All right, let's actually get into the picks. The standings for the picks as we stand right now. Caleb running away with it right now. He's got 17. Had a huge week last week. Got an outside, outright upset with Kansas. I actually had that one, too. Uh, Mike had a decent week. Got five last week. Got tied on the closest score. Got Tulane outright upset, so congratulations. Three out of four outright upsets Listen, you, uh Listen, you gamblers, when that becomes uh, legal in Lincoln, listen to Mike and I. Uh, I have ten total. I only got four last week. All right, this week's game, starting in the Big 12. Uh, Caleb, you get to go first here. Caleb, Mike, and me. Baylor at Iowa State. Yeah, take the Cyclones here. All right, Mike. Matt Campbell, real option for Nebraska over Dave Aranda, fake option for Nebraska, uh, Iowa State. Wow. <laughs> this could, I wonder what this does to Campbell's stock if he gets a win here in this game. I have Iowa State, too. I did not expect that to be a unanimous one. A game that would be huge if it was being played in 1998, Florida at Tennessee. Caleb. We'll take Rocky Top in this one. I think this has been a game that we picked every year I've ever done this show. I think I picked it wrong every single time, and that means I think I've picked Florida almost every time. So, Florida. <laughs> Good. I'll, I'll take, take t- I'll take Tennessee in that one. I, I think this is maybe one of the most fascinating games of the week. Minnesota at Michigan State. That will be pretty, but it's going to be fascinating. Who you got in that one, Caleb? Minnesota. Minnesota. On the road, we are unanimous. Wow. Rowing the boat oh. through East Lansing. Ooh. And then in the SEC, Arkansas at Texas A&M. <laughs> Actually, I believe this is a neutral side, Arkansas versus Texas I know A&M. this gave Mike a lot of troubles last week, but I'm still going to go with Texas A&M. You didn't, you didn't email and, and change yours again. No. Uh, I went Arkansas, I'm fairly certain. Again, I have no feel for this one at all. <laughs> I expect not to get a point here. All right. Yeah, the, I'll take Texas A&M there. Yeah, I didn't do a very good job picking the games. We didn't get the division that we usually do. All right. Upset of the week. Got to be a seven-point underdog or more. Two points if you get it outright. One point if you cover. Caleb, who you got this week? Uh, well, I took Tennessee in the game, but Florida's getting ten and a half. I'm taking Florida. That is interesting. <laughs> so that's almost a way to cover potentially. That's what you do when you're in the lead. That's a that's a fascinating points baby strategy. Uh, hedging. Uh, I know I talked about Clemson as a potential option if it goes real bad for Wake Forest. I think Wake Forest will keep it close. Uh, I don't. I don't think I'm going to get an outright. Two-pointer here, but I'm going Wake Forest. All right. I know this is low-hanging fruit, but Iowa's favored by 7.5 against Rutgers. Will they score 7.5 points in the game? No, because you can't get a half point. That's also true. All right. And no Nebraska game, so I thought I'd pick a Big Ten game that 
you know, isn't necessarily expected to be a close one, but seems like it maybe should be getting some more attention. Ohio State in Wisconsin. What do we find out about Wisconsin this week in this game? Caleb, what do you got for a score on that one? I'll answer that. That they're not as good as you want them to be. Ohio State, 38-13. I don't want them to be good at all. No, you in, you in general. Okay. The, the, the <laughs> I want them to be terrible. <laughs> I hope they never win a game again. I, uh, I'm going Ohio State 41, yes. Wisconsin 16. Yes, I would love that. Oh, we have the same margin. Oh, I, think it'll be clo- I think it'll be closer than that. I got Ohio State 31, Wisconsin 14. and Just enough for people to stay in love with Wisconsin. Oh, it's that offense. It's a physical style of play. You know, they don't win, but they're very physical. All right. I can still say that. I claim that right. That's it.